But I want to ask you about uh, about. I said I talked to you about Collision, but I didn't actually like see you. Yeah, go up. You went up like a like a full presentation. Like yeah. a, uh for Collision, no. But for Elevate uh, Elevate Fest, I had a presentation. So there was really two things. One with Collision, we announced Blue Labs, which is the Walmart Canada's first ever innovation incubator. So we came out of stealth mode and announced that at Collision. And then I went to Elevate Fest and we announced what we called a venture studio. So we okay. partnered with Elevate and they help us go find, source, vet, uh, and help um, support new businesses into Walmart. Like the, like the startup ideas that yeah. might, some of that might have to do with retail that's not getting the same kind of funding from like a VC or exactly. something. You say, hey, come in, we'll take you under our wing and teach you what we know. Yeah, and they'll help us, right? Because it's... Um, and I think typically it's quite easy to look at it as if we just cut you a check and allow you to use Walmart's name, then that's enough. But actually, that's not always the case. A lot of people need much more one-on-one -on -one support. How do you take your idea or your invention or the innovation you have and scale it to the largest company in the world? Like, yeah. it's hard to go from two or three people in a room to 2.2 million people, right? Probably so, a lot as well. Like, like if I was, if Ricky and I with, with Cass, if we built something that was more yep. related to the retail space, a, a big box retailer trying to solve one of their problems, we might think we have a you know billion dollar idea because you know we worked in a store and we saw this, but really there's probably a lot more complexity behind the scenes that like we wouldn't know that that's what then you would bring that on, right? Absolutely. Like say, yeah. you know, are you guys factoring this in? Or, you know, if you're trying to scale this across Walmart, you didn't consider this thing and, and, and so forth. It. Yeah. Well, what are some examples of like companies that would enter this incubation system? Right? Yeah. I think the one in my experience that I've, that I've enjoyed working with is a company called Focal Technologies. Okay. So their company, um, they initially started in the smart cart space. I met them at one of the events. I think it was in LA. Um, and they were doing smart cart technology at the time where they had computer vision and AI technology onto carts. And as you put stuff into a shopping cart, it would pick up what you were shopping. So hopefully they could completely eliminate the checkout process. Okay. And smart carts now are becoming much more um, uh, prevalent in the market and you see them in different retailers. But at the time, um, actually, I think what was most interesting about them was their founder. So their founder was uh, used to work for Lockheed Martin and used to work for Apple. So he's one of the, the oh, first wow. people to work on the Apple self-driving car project. And he worked for Lockheed Martin. And his role was to help code and intercept missiles mid-flight coming to, to the US. And you're like, wild. okay, that's like a lot of responsibility. <laughs> if, you can, if you can code missiles to intercept other missiles mid-air. Probably get the, yeah. the eggs <laughs> going in the car. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah you, can, you yeah. can figure this out. Yeah, and uh, this, is, this is, yeah, the eggs, the bread, the cold cuts. <laughs> it's quite simple. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Comes from Stanford. A lot of his, um, his team were Stanford engineers. So they have actually, initially we started with smart carts, didn't really work in the environment we were in. Um, we shifted into, and this was at a time when everybody was getting into computer vision space. So there was drones flying around stores. There was like just walkout technologies, um, the smart carts, and we there's robots driving up and down retail aisles, scanning inventory, and we worked even with them. In, I'm sorry to cut you off, but even like in warehousing too, like picking, packing stuff like that. You got it. You yeah. got it. Yeah, um, I think that's the coolest thing ever. How you can just pick something up and it checks it out. Completely. That the uh, I was at, sorry to cut you off too. The Washington Capitals game. I was there a couple of weeks ago. They have one of their bars is just like a, a self-checkout. Not even a self-checkout, a walk... What do you call them? Like a walkout bar? Yeah. So you tap your Apple Pay to get into the, the section. You go and you grab whatever you want. You walk out, you're automatically charged. That's pretty cool. That's so there's cool. a dude that stands there just to make sure you're of drinking age. Hmm. You know the Seattle Kraken? I was like, this is so cool. Seattle Kraken Arena. Can you look up what the name of it? It's like First Climate Arena or like... 
something to do with the climate. Someone was telling me this, and uh, someone I know in the sports industry was talk, talking to me about that because they um, climate pledgerina. Climate pledgerina. So that's the name they put on it, and I think it was more to call it like you know make it seem like it's very environmentally friendly. And what they did is like there's no cashiers anywhere. It's all self checkout the whole Love place. It. Massive hallways, so they run like autonomous scrubbers and everything. So, and but they built it also when you're inside. It's very bare bones feeling from what this person told me. And he goes, you know, it's really smart because you can't verify this, but from his perspective, he's like, you know, you do that in the name of like efficiency, the name of like climate pledge, all that stuff. But really, like you have no labor costs once the place is up and running. Mm-hmm. So, really interesting how like people are moving towards that that route. But they're um, gonna have robots cleaning soon. They, they already have them. We have them. Yeah, yeah. We Walmart them. has them. Oh, shit. we have. That was that was your project, no? Yeah, we doing? did. We did some work with autonomous floor cleaning robots. Um, and I guess they and, have and, them like on, on a home scale, so I guess no. To yeah. Maximize. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yes. They have, uh, yeah. What's it called? Roomba. Roomba. Yeah, Roomba. yeah, there's tons yeah. in that space. We've had them. Most Walmart stores in Canada right now, if you if you would go in overnight, there'd be autonomous driving uh, floor really? cleaners around. Yeah. Uh, and the one thing I have learned is it actually everyone always wants to talk about the technology, right? Because it's kind of you can geek out on it. It's cool. It's exciting. It's kind of sci-fi. But people don't really care, at least on the most part, about the technology. They care on the experience you create. So some people really love the tech. They want to get into it. But the average person doesn't really care about it. They care about the experience. So your point is like a scan when I walk in, I walk in, and then I can just walk out at the end. Like that's amazing. Most people are not like, well, how did they do that? What's the technology behind the scenes? Some people are fascinated by that. But sometimes it's so easy to get and fall in love with the tech because it's shiny and cool. Yeah. The reality is you got to ask yourself at the end is like, what experience am I going to create, and why would people actually care? Yeah. And it's amazing how many people, not through anything else, like build stuff that people don't want. Any VC will tell you that. Most of their portfolio underperforms, but there's a few unicorns in there. And the amount of startups that spend so much time trying to build something that people fundamentally don't want. And the one thing that we've learned in the lab, we spend so much time on what we call customer desirability. So before you think about feasibility or viability, can we make money on this? Is it scalable? Which is typically some of the questions you want to have as a business owner or startup. We spend all of our time in the early stages on customer desirability. And until you've generated want. enough evidence that this is something that people really, really want, and that can't be your friends and family because they're obviously going to be slightly biased in it, then we'll add more investment and money into it. And I know it seems kind of, it's like theoretical, but it's, um, it's a complete different way of thinking because the amount of times I go into the office, I'm like, I've got a great idea. That's how I'd used to. And people would fall in love with that idea. Because you can sell it to them. Because I can sell it and I've convinced myself it's a great idea. Now I go in and I say, I've got a great idea, but I have no evidence other than I that, that it's a good idea. Go find and prove to me right or wrong. And so there's many times where the team come back and says, good thinking, Lee, um, but no one else thinks it's a good idea and we just kill it and move on, which is quite humbling because you, yeah. you, you, you convince yourself it's a great And you're like, why don't they see what I see? Oh. Um, but we <laughs> only been spend, there, brother. Yeah, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> And I, th- and I think the, the, that's the advice I give to a lot of the startup founders now is like, tell me truly who has desire for the product you're building. Like cr- not you, not your friends, who outside of yeah. your, your, your circle has that. And I even think before, it's, even before you like proof of concept, they're like, before. just ask people if they want this. Exactly. Yeah. Well, like even the idea is like, if, if you take yourself out of the equation, have somebody else who doesn't know your product, sell it to someone else. Can they sell it? Yep. You know, like that's, that's an easy way of saying that. And it's easy to look back now, but can you have someone who, doesn't really know, like reads a piece of paper, oh, this is your product. Now go and sell it to the next person without yeah. the passion, the drive, the sales pitch of, I made it, this is mine. Go yeah. sell it. Like if you can't. 
and it does, way. and you can do that in a very easy, cheap, and fast way. Oh yeah. I that's the question I ask them. What's the cheapest and fastest way that we can generate evidence that this is something that people want? You don't have to wait until you spend ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty grand on it. We build we build like low fidelity prototypes on things where it costs fifty bucks, hundred bucks, and and that and that's the first stage. Because in my mind, at least in the experience I've had, most most ideas stay far too long in the head. And the first thing you should ever do, first thing you should ever do if you think you've got a business you want to start, is get it out of your head, sketch it out, draw it out. It seems kind of gimmicky. And put it in front of a bunch of people at the lowest fidelity where you've spent the least amount of money and then get feedback. Far too often what happens, and I think part of it's human psychology, you almost want to wait for it to be a certain level of fidelity. It's got to be ready to show. I've got to have a cool brand, a cool logo, a cool name, a cool mission statement. You don't need to do all that. You need to just say, this is why I really think people want to use the product that I'm building. And you can do that for $50, $200. You don't have to wait for 30, 50 grand to do that. And I can promise you what that enables me to do is instead of having one egg in one basket, well, that's like the sure bet that I think is going to be the winner. Now I've got like 185 different concepts in the lab. 10% of those will win and succeed. 90% will fail. But if I put all of my money in investment and fall in love with one of them, the probability of that succeeding, um, the stats prove to you that only, I think less than 2% of businesses get to 100 million plus, right? And yeah. And you're like, everyone thinks they have a $100 million idea. No, no, you're right. But it isn't it, that it's, way. It's so, I, while you're saying that, somebody just like, I was listening to a podcast on the way here. I think it was actually Joe Rogan and there was like the Sober October recap and they said something that actually kind of is on in the same vein of what, uh, what you're talking about. They quoted, they brought up a quote they're talking about someone writing their special and how like it sucks and they, I think it was Ernest Hemingway said the first draft of anything is shit yep. paraphrasing probably but it's <laughs> true right like you and I, when I heard that I was like oh the, yeah like you I know that and I'm, I'm somebody who like really uh, like I talk ideas up before they've been formulated breaking a test this this podcast can attest to this I talk things out before I even know where the hell it's going um, but it's so true like so often and that was kind of I think personally my hindrance Another thing Ricky has to do is like you try to like come up with the ideas and really formulate them and don't jump at it and try it because you're scared like you're you're trying to perfect it because you don't want to present it and be embarrassed. But then yeah. you're also trying to perfect it to make sure that like it has you can sell it the right way and frame it the right way. Where in actuality, like the to your point, the best way to, to do anything is put it out there. Does it seem like a good idea? Okay, start running with it. Yeah. To be honest, that is kind of how Cast started. Like it was. It was just ideas. I like I called you one day years ago and said, "Hey, this is kind of an idea." You said, "Okay, cool, but what if we change this?" I was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." Then we told some other people, and they said, "Okay, what if you did this?" And we kept telling people, "Like, well, that's an amazing idea. The world needs this." I guess the world didn't really need it in the end, but <laughs> no. But you know but, what? This sorry, finish. No, I, no. I'm just saying, like, it's. Uh, I guess why I'm tying this full circle, like what you're sharing with all this stuff. I guess is it fair to say that like a lot of the stuff with the. Uh, not Blue Labs with the Venture Labs. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess Blue Lab, all that stuff. That's kind of the main theme or takeaway. It's like you you want people in a room that are maybe don't have the the full vision formulated. They don't have necessarily the proper even confidence or the or the right necessarily idea. Or they have a bunch of ideas and it's really extracting that and getting them to have the the same kind of sight of like like an entrepreneur, a founder, and and yeah. and think just throw everything out, like get it all out. Let us help you like talk it through and work it out and kind of coach them on the way is that yeah i think it's a good way to putting it i think there's two things that we try and do one is to help people think through help people think through their their proposition in a in a meaningful way because if if i go back to cast um what i what i'm not trying to say is 
it, it once you feel like uh, people don't like it, you give up on it. That's actually not our model. You should be just iterating it enough until people care. YouTube started as a dating app. And if wait, you look wait, back, what? yeah, what? YouTube started as a dating app. And if well, you look back, like video interview, oh, I yeah. don't, maybe I'm, yeah. sorry, tell this story. Yeah. If you actually look at most of the innovation you've seen and you would see in your own world on your phone and all the products you use, most of them never started out as to what you would see today, but people just iterate them enough to the point where people care. So YouTube started as a dating platform. I had and, no idea. Yeah, and I now, it, and, and you don't hear it. And just like well, you- It's like Amazon with books. Yeah, it, as a bookstore, and there's more of that. Not enough, pe- not enough books Instagram to started as a in, Instagram started as like a filter. Yeah, filter. yeah it was not just like, for like artsy people that shared photos, yeah. remember? It wasn't really a social, like a mass fo- social. It's just to edit photos, basically. Yeah, there was you, no feed, like, or it didn't, yeah. I can guarantee if you went right back to the start of your Instagram, like the first ever post you put, and you post it up, they'd be very different than what they are today. It'd be like some kind of artsy picture that's like trying to be cool with some filters on it. Some, that's some, what yeah, it started. I remember I had one for sure. I remember one of those like dark gray copper yeah, filters, had, like, the triangle <laughs> around it, or like the the diamond around it. And I was like the center. Oh, cheesy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. not what it wasn't made for. What it is today, right? Um, so I think if I was to go back to the cast, you guys, Johnny on cast, um, you got to iterate it enough until people care. So, and in every idea, there's a cool, there's a cool part of it that is really golden, right? And often people give up on it. It's all or nothing, guys. And of course, you don't want to get sunken cost bias where you just you're falling in love with it and becomes a passion project that you just pride gets in the way again. Um, but you've got to just you got to keep iterating it enough until you have a proposition that people care, and that that's hard for people to do. It's very hard to keep coming back and reinventing a product, especially when it's winning. And what you also won't see in like the innovation economy and everything that's happened in the last decade, there's a bunch of millions of projects and initiatives that have never worked for all of these companies. Every company we could name that have been innovative over the last decade, I can guarantee you that the number of cool innovation has actually come through that is now being used by millions of people. Before that, there's 50 to hundreds of concepts that failed that you've never heard about because you have to be it's, it's a numbers game and if you can get a velocity in numbers yeah 90% of them fail but those 10% really change the way that people actually experience retail in, in my case yeah. for example. you know what's funny and this is what I was going to say before is that George is like that guy you know when you got the hockey targets you got to hit nine targets George will look at each one okay, I'm going there he's got the puck okay ready boom hit the first one second and he'll go one by one yeah. whereas I'm the guy that's like I'm just fucking ripping clappers. As many pucks <laughs> I hit, I got 100 pucks. I'm just going to keep hitting them, hit them. Eventually, I'll hit all nine, I think. I'm yeah. like, fuck it. You, hit, you take enough shots, eventually, you'll, get a, you'll score, right? That's a yeah. good way of putting it, though. Yeah, you're the, I'm more like trying to be the sniper rifle. You're the buckshot yeah. shotgun. Like, yeah, I'm just shotgun. <laughs> fuck, light off the cannon. <laughs> Give me the fucking machine gun. Yeah. And, ne- and neither I had right. enough people in the meantime. Neither's right, neither's wrong, right? No, it's, yeah. It's and, and actually, I, I actually, again, I don't know the you guys' story background, but that's actually a very good thing. If you both were exactly the same, uh-huh. like that's a dangerous place to be, oh, yeah. right? So we're the very, truth is somewhere in the middle of between both of your yeah. strategies. I've actually what? Oh nothing. I'm just reading about you too. Oh, it is. Go ahead. Tell us. No, no. Originally at the beginning, like you guys were saying, it was supposed to be like an online dating service. Oh, uh, we, we were saying we had no yeah, idea. We literally had no, had no idea. idea. <laughs> you were saying. Fact-checking me. This better be the right facts. Asking attractive women to upload videos of themselves to YouTube in exchange for a hundred dollar reward. Yeah. Could have, wow. been, could have been OnlyFans. They really missed the ball on that one. Uh, YouTube's worth a lot hey. more than OnlyFans. Big <laughs> man. I know. But let me say, actually, YouTube is actually worth it. Yeah, you know what? I think they bought it but for a billion, Google. 
three billion. What a great investment that's oh, been. It's probably got to be one of the 1. greatest. One point six five billion in well, Google stock. Yeah, yeah. what's it worth now? Oh, in two thousand six. It's, it's probably if it's two thousand six. So it's part of under Alphabet. If they spun it off as its own thing, I yeah. would venture to guess that it would be as val. It would probably go Facebook because they have the the, the community of all the things. TikTok's not public yet, but it'd probably be right after Facebook. Like yeah. you, you, the amount of time people spend, it's my no joke. Probably my favorite like uh, media platform. It's my primary platform. I spend I I. It's a um my TV broke like Say, eight oh. weeks ago. And I haven't replaced right. it. Neighbors, come knock on the door. Watch TV. <laughs> yeah, come watch the TV. And I work. I, for, watch- I work for Walmart. I should replace my TV pretty quick, right? <laughs> like I, got, I have access to TVs, um, and I haven't because all I do is literally just watch Stream YouTube, YouTube. Yeah. on my phone or on my iPad, and that's it. I watch that's YouTube it. back as well. Like it's, I don't not as much now. Every morning, YouTube. Like yep. hers is like travel vlogs, like animal stuff, whatever. I'm like. Have you made the leap and paying well, the premium yet? Yeah, I, yeah well, we yeah. did for a while. And like, now I'm like, fuck, do I need this? Because the problem is, we've, this is a really, like, not weird, but it's something we started doing one night. One night we found this channel. It's like a uh, guy tells like scary, true scary stories that yeah. you submit, Mr. Nightmare. And we started listening to it, but then like the phone would shut off while you're dozing off. So we just got the premium one, so we would just like keep playing. <laughs> so we literally would fall asleep with the phone playing like scary, terrifying stories. Eventually I'm like, okay, we got to stop this because we shouldn't be sleeping with the phone playing. So like we just... <laughs> We kind of got rid of it now, but yeah. anyways, to back to the point, it is probably I think one of the best, most useful and pra- like I think it br- gives you the most positive gain. Like if you think about like social media, you can get into like a negative loop, and yeah. if you go down like Instagram or TikTok, and you see either unhappiest things or things that you don't want to see. YouTube typically you're going to find something you want it for the yeah. purpose of what you want to see and try to maybe learn or mindless stuff. But to bring this back to full circle, yeah, if it, if they spun it off, it would be the. How do we get on this point again? Well, Danny was fact the dating, the yeah. Day. But you were saying YouTube. Before. The best part about YouTube is that, like, the the school of YouTube, that mentality. Yeah. There is twenty years ago when we were growing up, and you know, fifteen years ago because we're roughly the same age. Or we are all the same age. Sorry, you couldn't. <laughs> yeah, because he's thirty-one. So yeah, yeah. It's turning thirty-two, November eighth, day after this is released. Oh. Um, happy birthday, Lee. <laughs> so what's today? Tw- I don't have the date on here. Uh, oh wow. The second. Happy birthday. Fourth is yeah. Friday. Thanks, awesome. man. So the uh, the idea, like 20 years ago, if we didn't know how to do something, we'd like try and Google it or you'd have to open a book and try and find it. But there's some things that aren't typically easy to Google. You know, how do I, you know, 20 years ago, how do I do an oil change on a generator for an RV? It's not, it wasn't that easy. We literally YouTube. Oh, not that easy. It was like everything. impossible. Yeah. Yeah, Google it, no, but it's like, like Ask Jeeves, and it'd be like, "Oh, this is how <laughs> this is how you do it on a this is how you do it on a generator. It's like not a RV yeah. generator, five thousand Honda, whatever." Yeah, we were in we were in uh, Florida, Florida, yeah, Florida. on the cast road trip, yeah, on the cast yeah, road nice. trip, and we literally like we ran out of we had to do an oil change. I was like, "Cool, like I know the basics on it, but I don't know exactly it. how to do it." So we YouTubed it, and the guy was literally doing the exact same <laughs> RV and the exact same generator. Yeah, Are you fucking kidding? Before you've even filled it out, it's like finishing your sentence. Yeah. And, and it's like, like even yeah. one of my mechanics, he, he teaches his daughter how to like do repairs on their car. Yeah. And the, he'll literally say, it's like, I'm not helping you. If you're, if you're wrong, I'll tell you if you're wrong, but figure this out. She Googles it, finds it on YouTube, watches a video, 100%. goes to the store, buys the right parts, does everything start to finish. And it's fucking great. In the, in the history of mankind, it's never, it's never been easier to learn anything ever. Anything. And that's the thing that baffles me now. It's the first place I go if I need to learn something. So first let me, place I, I go. Let me yeah. ask you, do, do you have a university degree in anything? No, I, I, um, 
I did high school education in the UK, so I didn't go to university. Okay. Yeah. Do you guys think, and this is to everybody here, do you think that university is as fundamental and as important in today's society as it was, let's say, 20, 30, 40 years ago? I don't even think it was important as like, like a couple, few years ago, to be honest. I mean, it's changing at a rapid... Go ahead. You gonna say, I was thinking it's going to change at a rapid... sentence. Finish your house. Hey, but... Sorry, Daddy, did I cut you off? Sorry. I think it's increasing at a rapid at a rapid rate and... I'm still not fully married to this idea because I haven't put too much thought into it, but I have thought that like, because like my parents, you know, I got my school paid for when I was going to university, but, and I don't think I would have been able to do this, but now obviously taking what I've learned, um, I think that I would still save money from, you know, hopefully if I have the means to save money for my kids to go to university, but I think when it came time to go to university, I would say you have a choice. You can take this to go to university or... You can pitch me on an idea of starting a business and I'll let you spend Keep that as your money, investment yeah. on the business. Something to that degree. That's not a fully formulated thought. I actually haven't put too much stock in it, but I think that I would allow it because I, I, I can't, if I tell you what I've learned in the last decade, majority came from like traveling alone. Actually, sorry, a lot, like a lot came from traveling. Alone. The majority came from trying to start cast and then the rest was like, working in a family business and having a lot of responsibility put on my plate and having to figure it out in, in a high stakes world, if you will. 100%. I don't remember shit from university. I, yeah, I don't remember anything from university and I went to a pretty good school, like went to classes. The best school in Canada. Best Danny? school in Canada. Well, Danny, I'm going up to my second degree now. Oh, okay. All right, all right. You're going to be a professional. It's different. No, no, but that's what I'm saying. There's certain careers that you need it, especially 100%. living in Canada. There, You can't just go up and say, I want to go- Be a doctor. Even be a doctor, but yeah. even in marketing. Many of the times nowadays, whether you're going to an agency, going, trying to find an internship, they're looking for your education. Why do you think we went to George Brown after Western? Mm. Western didn't matter about anything. We had to go to George Brown to show that we had some sort of experience. And then they gave us the internship opportunities through the different companies in Toronto. So now, Danny, many people wouldn't get that. It's if you're starting your own business, then maybe. No, no well, let, not let, true. Hold on. We have a, we have a prime example right no, here. No, before course, we go, before just, Danny, let me rebuttal you. Marketing, that's the example you get. We gave, we went to George Brown. Great experience. I, my experience at George Brown has a practical experience was much better than Western. Practical. Not yeah, learning. practical. Now, let me ask you this. You're hiring a, a, a digital marketer. Are you going to hire the kid that went to George Brown and, and Western and had good grades? And you know what? They show you their portfolio. They got some cool pictures, this and that, but they got zero followers on social media. They don't have TikTok. They don't have this. But they went to the school and they, got, they did really well. Honors, blah, blah. Or are you going to hire the kid with 100,000 followers or a million subscribers on YouTube? Blah, 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 blah. Who are you hiring? The guy with the experience. What? Are you out of your mind? Danny, what? Put it in practice. If Physical I experience. Like the thousand on YouTube. Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Not okay. the school. Okay. Whoa, whoa, okay. okay. That's education. I thought school. Sorry. That's education. Yeah. Yeah. Education. Okay. Sorry, sorry. Well, me and George that, that's me. <laughs> that's many corporate positions and different. No. Other no, jobs in no. Canada, not many they corporate, won't. Not many yeah. corporate. Professional services, lawyers, accountants, doctors, chiropractors, like that kind of stuff, you need school. Yeah, you need uh, yes. Engineers. Now, I, I would, yeah, yeah, engineers. Cause engineers, you fucking have needed, to uh, need a stamp. Yeah, you yeah, need yeah, yeah, a stamp. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, but here's the thing, but here's the thing. You see, what's interesting is like, for those specific things and and if you and if you get those specific professional degrees, you can virtually go and run any company. Like some of the, I mean, most Fortune 100, sorry, not most, a lot of Fortune 100 companies are run by accountants and lawyers. Mm -hmm. So that's like, those skills, once you have them, those are like non-transferable skills. Like you can't just acquire, you can learn how to like talk in a, in like, uh, what am I trying to say? Like not, um, 
litigation. Like, uh, I can't, I don't know what I'm to say here. But the thing is too, is that you can also go and own medical offices as an entrepreneur, not have a doctor's license. You can yeah, own a, a, you know what I mean? So yes, if you want to be that specific thing, or if you want to have that as a stepping stone, yes, you obviously need school. Yeah. But, but I agree. Most you can of the be time, literally anything yeah. you fucking want to be. Practical without. experience nowadays is worth more than anything. A hundred. I've been an accountant for two years. Do I even have my CPA yet? No. Can I do a lot of things? Yes. Do I need to learn more? Yes. <laughs> so, so here's an example. I went to I went to Western. I did the MIT program, which is arguably one of the best media marketing programs in universities in Canada. Yeah. It's like one of the most popular ones. One of the best rated. Blah blah blah. <clears throat> I can still tell you nothing that I fucking learned in those four years. Mm-hmm. What I learned outside the classroom, you know, time management, how to uh, properly run my own finances. I ran a little business out there. Great. I went to George Brown. What I learned in one of my first weeks there was a SWOT analysis. And we, most of us know what that is. Yeah. Strengths, weaknesses, um, <laughs> opportunities, <laughs> threats. <laughs> opportunities and threats. Yeah. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. I was spelling it out in my head. I was like, what's next? Or <laughs> to just see the box. In yeah. Your that's what I was like. <laughs> yeah. Which way is no, but then I learned that my first day in my internship, we did a SWOT analysis. Now what I learned doing cast and doing all this other marketing stuff I've done outside of even George Brown, I learned way more doing that than I learned at George Brown. So it just goes to show you the experiences. <clears throat> I, I don't know this might be a stretch, but I believe that universities in today's society, unless you're going for a professional degree where you actually need the degree and you need this the seal or the stamp or whatever it's not as important as it is as it was you know 5 10 15 20 for you because you can learn almost anything you need to learn on youtube these days you want to be a mechanic you don't need to go to school if you want to be a licensed mechanic you need to go that's why we have so many unlicensed mechanics out there is because you don't need to go to school to be an unlicensed mechanic you can watch videos on youtube i know how to do an oil change i know how to do this i know anything you need to learn you can learn on youtube you want to go into marketing you can learn it on youtube you want to go into, okay, a lot of the trades you need to be licensed, but for the unlicensed trades, you can do mm-hmm. a lot of them yeah. fucking just based off YouTube. Like a lot of even licensed people probably still use YouTube to fucking make sure they're still doing it right. You want to go into tech nowadays. You can learn a lot of fucking coding. We, I think we got the guy at the gym. Yeah. This guy just going to, you're going profession by profession explaining. Well, I, was just I want to make sure I cover like all of them. Right? Yeah, you can literally White do color, any, blue color, yeah. You can actually do anything Anything. I think, I think for me that one of the companies that I've worked with in my experience that's most exciting is a company called TKS. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of these guys. Um, two guys, two brothers from Toronto, actually. Uh, and it's called the Knowledge Society. And their model is they believe that the most underleveraged resource in the world is the human brain. And that in order for us to actually solve some of the world's biggest problems, the current educational system is fundamentally broken and will not get us there. And what they do is they, what they call it, they call it a human accelerator. And they take kids from the age of 13 to 17 and they put them through this accelerating program where they take uh, these kids and they teach them about the world's biggest problems. And they take them, teach them about the kids, about the most powerful technologies. And they cannot, I cannot tell you um, how smart these kids are. Like you, think, you would think that these kids were like CEOs of Fortune 1 companies amazingly smart amazingly bright amazingly ambition a bit ambitious and every and i've worked with them for five years now and every time you get in front of these kids you're like what have they been through that the majority haven't because i think they only have about eight eight to a thousand kids going through their program they're expanding worldwide um 
But their model is, yes, the, the current educational system is completely broken. Mm-hmm. It does not prepare you for the real world. And it definitely does not prepare you for what's, what's coming next. And that the traditional educational system doesn't even close to keeping up with what we need right now in terms of skills, let alone what comes next. Um, their program is fascinating. I wonder, like, how have you taken a 13... Again, today it was work from... It was taking kids to school day. So I had the opportunity to go and facilitate a session at our office with, like, 60 kids and try and teach them about innovation. And I can tell you... Your office must have been mayhem today. It was mayhem. And I took, I took like... mayhem. I took Play-Doh. I took everything. It was, like, <laughs> the cleaners... My man's the- went into this back of the shop, <laughs> took everything but a TV for himself, eh? The cleaners are going to hate me it. tonight. Cause <laughs> Thank God we don't clean it. They guys messed it up. Those guys messed it up. But how they've got these kids to the level... Yeah, nothing. That was oh. the only rule of the day, man. It was like, don't get it on the kicks. Um... But how, how these kids think is so different than you've ever seen. And every single time they talk to me, I'm like, I feel like I've achieved nothing in life. I'll give you one example. There's a girl called Rhea who was, I think, 16 at the time, and she invented a smart cane, which basically was taking the current cane and said it's never changed for decades. She built a smart cane that talks to people, that helps give navigation. Amazing. And this girl was the CEO of a smart cane company at 16, rolling out across the world. And these kids go to go go on to do any like the most amazing things. That's wild. And you ask yourself, what makes them different than every other student, and what makes the program that they've been through? It's only a nine-month program. So in nine months, you take a kid and and then have them a have the ambition to want to change the world, but also like building stuff. And I I get reverse mentored. I call it reverse mentorship because I I hate the idea of getting old, and these kids <laughs> keep me really young. And what these kids are thinking about and how they're thinking about changing the world is like, I was washing cars and trying to build like t-shirt businesses at that age. These kids are thinking about some of the most amazing innovation and technology. So I think the only thing that is value, that can be valuable is the networking community that you build and the social aspect of it. But outside of that, I think you you only need to see that where we are right now is like, there's a gap and it's not. You know, it's, it's, there's, yeah. still, there's still a gap on being making sure that the, the educational process makes you relevant for the, the, the world that's changing faster than ever before, well, like ever before. It's like that one meme where it's like, oh, I'm so glad I learned how to do like calculate the circumference of a circle <laughs> during tax season. It's really benefiting yeah, you, right? like, that like simple it. thing. Yep. But even to your point to how you said like you would let your kid either choose between all the money to go to university or whatever X amount of dollars to start a business. No, I did all of it. Whatever, save for tuition, take yeah, that and yeah, go and start a business. Amount, right? yeah. To be honest, I'd probably even say, yeah, you want to travel the world, take it and burn it. Go do what yeah. you want. Yeah. My thing is, is I was, you know, fairly, we're all fairly young when you go to university, especially when they got rid of grade 13, which in my opinion was a mistake because our, our brains are fucking peanuts at 17. Like we're, well, you don't know what you want to do. And especially some people like uh, you, not everybody. Uh, I would say, so help that, me, they say most people I wasn't aware of that. Help me understand like careers, that part. like five, grade thirteen. Yeah, was, like how uh, did that work before? For o- you guys? OCIS or something. It was called. It was like yeah. a just an extra year. They show so it was like yeah. <clears throat> I think it was like preparatory to like get ready for university. I believe, and you had to like every, it was mandatory that everyone. I had believe to go? so. Yeah, the, or you could skip it. No, yeah. you had no, to. It was mandatory. So it was basically you graduated at eighteen or nineteen instead of seventeen or eighteen. The oh, problem okay. is when you graduate at 17 or 18, you're choosing where you want to go to school at 16 and 17, essentially, depending on what, what time of the year you were born, right? So it's like crazy to think because when I was there again, I decided I wanted to go into marketing. And I had this conversation with my uh, a couple guys in my shop a few years ago. If I would have known everything that I know now and like if I had a little bit more time, would I have made the same decision? Yeah, maybe. Or mm-hmm. maybe I would have done a business degree, which 
is a lot more helpful to people who don't necessarily know what they want to do, but want to go to university. I knew I wanted to go to university. My parents wanted me to go to university. I wanted to go. I was going whether I liked it or not. If I would have done a business degree, that would have helped me out. But that's hindsight bias. Yeah, I, I don't want to cut I, you I, off because at the same time, where you are right now, you have, you more than anyone say you're the happiest you've ever been and you would not change a thing about your life. Currently. currently. But that's also because you don't know any better. So yeah. you also can't say because you don't know what the other reality is. But the same time yeah. is your skill sets. So you're saying you would have done a business degree to benefit you in business. But I would argue that you have done more in business, in the business world than most people who get a business degree. Hmm. So yeah, what I'm saying yeah. is it's easy to say you should have done that. But now let me, what I'm going with this point is, okay, everyone, that's kind of a common thing that people say, uh, you know, at 17, what do you know? Brain's a peanut. How do you know how to make a decision? Oh, for sure. But if you think about it, our parents, so my, my mom, I think she you know, graduated, let's call it, I don't get it thrown under the bus, she'll get mad at me, but a while ago, she had grade 13, where they had grade 13, and let's where she was in grade 13, her exposure to information and the world and all the things that we have, it's not even like close. No, no. Yeah, not so, even so yes, our brain is a, is a peanut at 17 it's still developing right your brain develops into your 20s but the i would argue that even in the in t- at 20 now most 20 year olds know more than most 50 year olds have been exposed to more can re- adapt quicker can learn on the fly can make decisions also are not scared of the world the same way that our gen- older generation was like I think naturally as you become a parent, it doesn't matter if you're now or 50 years ago, you get a little more paranoid, you get scared, like you don't, you know, mm-hmm. you try to shelter more. When you're a kid you're, or a teen or a young adult, you're free spirit, you don't give a shit. But we also see that the world is much a much smaller place than it actually is. Yep. It's not as dangerous as it actually is. There's more opportunity, there's more this, there's that and the other. So I guess I'd go counter, to summarize that, I'd go counter your point that yeah, okay, probably going to make a better decision at 19. You're also going to probably make a better decision at 20 and 21. So if you kick the can down the road, it'll be better. But at the same time, we're better off today. You can make it 16 today. Our 16-year-olds are probably no more than us than we did. We only had Facebook yeah. when we were graduating. The okay. question for me is like, why, why by the time of 17 don't you know? That, that for me is actually the problem. Like if you've been in school at that point by how many years? And of course the brain's still growing. But why by the time you're 17 wouldn't you have a really solid understanding of what you actually really enjoy. And or even, or even, a, or is, even a general, yeah. even, yeah. even general understanding. And, and, and I think part of that is the schooling system. If you think about schooling yeah, today. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's external forces, in my opinion, is why you don't really know what you want to do. And the schooling system is still built for the teacher, not for the student. Yeah. It's how does one teacher teach 30 people at one time and how do they in teach the best them the same thing? Not how do that, we get I the best that, out of 30 people, which is a different me- like method. And they're actually teaching at this pace of the, the, the like, the slowest common denominator, right? It's not exactly. at, oh, this guy's, Lee's the brightest in the class, George's a dummy, no offense. Like, let's let's go at least, yeah. I imagine myself, said no offense to myself. To <laughs> not, but like, let's None not go at least be to benefit it. Lee. It's like, let's 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 make sure we slow yeah. it down for George. So the, even the brightest minds don't get the advantage there. One thing, you, you asked this earlier, and we kind of, um, Ricky, at, me, Ricky went on a little sidebar there, but even asking that now, like, why don't they know? And, I'm trying to think about that as you were talking about it earlier. And one thing that I think, or I guess a couple of things, I, I do think like to the point I made about like being more sheltered, parents get a little more scared, a little more fearful. From what I can tell as an outside observer is a lot of parents are like, you know, they end up, it's a sick, it's, it's, it's a vicious cycle, right? They were told by their parents, you know, stay within the box. And then they grow up in a job they might not be happy with because it's part of the thing. Have a family, have a house, have all these responsibilities, put food on the table, don't venture out into the unknown. So then they kind of push those insecurities under their children. 
and they tell them, you know, this is what you should do because of what's right. And right and wrong is very subjective. Like for the most part, it's black and white on certain topics, but in the world that you could do anything you want, whatever. So I think that aspect is one of it. It's, it's like kids, young people are kind of pushed to not kind of live in this anything is possible world. Maybe that's changing. I think that they also like, a lot of kids lose that ability to stay naive and stay open-minded and yeah. curious. Um, for whatever reason, that I don't know, but you know, you kind of start to get wise and you don't want to be, you don't want to look stupid. You're like, you're supposed to. She says the beer's oh. going to blow up. The what's going to blow up? The beer in the freezer. Oh, <laughs> just jump through. I'll yeah. be good for that. You're fine. Good for the freezer. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, nice. Move the camera. I think that uh, <laughs> part of it is that, like the sense of like wonderment maybe fades. Yeah. Um, did you, let's ask the question. Did you know, like when you were in, first of all, when you were in school, did you know? Question. First question. Second is, did you enjoy it or did you feel like he got the most out of you? Did I right know now? what I what wanted? What you wanted to do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I knew I wanted to be, I called, I said, when I was young, I was like, I wanted to be a businessman like my dad. Yeah. But I, I guess I, what that meant is like entrepreneur. I wanted to like yeah. build something and create something. And that, and, and maybe just double click on it. That's because you had your father there that was yeah. get, making, like almost making that as, as, a, as your inspiration or as like, I want to be like that person. Yeah. What about if you don't have that? Right. So if you, if it's, uh, it's many tough. people are in that yeah, situation, yeah. You, don't have you don't have an that, immediate like, mentor, like yeah, someone, father someone, figure that's like, that's my inspiration. I want to do what dad does. I want to be yeah. like dad. I, um, but George, and also to counter your point too, like on the, on the flip side, when we were doing cast, actually, no, I'll tell you, we'll keep this off air. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. You can say whatever you want. Well, no, I know I what you're going to say about, yeah, I know what you're going to say. I'm going back to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't want to say that on there, but I never said I wanted to, what he asked, the answer to his question was not, I wanted to be a cleaner and run a cleaning company. It said, I wanted to be an entrepreneur and a businessman. Yeah. No, but you said you would never go back to impact. Yeah. That's not the same thing though. Well, it essentially is. Did you know what you wanted to do? You wanted to, be I never said I wanted to run a cleaning company. You're con convoluting things. I mm. did. I, I knew I wanted to grow up to be like my father. Now, I didn't so, say I want to be him because so, there's things that I see enough, that he then can't why, do. Then why did you go back to him? Because I saw an opportunity to take what I learned and run a company better that caused me frustration. It still caused me frustration. But I still want, like I, I said, I wanted to build, create, and lead a company. And I think that we have the, the, the workings and the foundation of something that can be, uh, honestly, objectively great. And, and taking what I've learned, getting to like, talk to people that like, you know, buddies that are yeah, now, like, yeah. in this space that I'm also getting some ideas from. It's like, mm -hmm. how can I now take all that and, and actually make this a, a better place and not try to avoid it because I'm scared of like the tough challenges because this is something you can attest to and, and we'll talk about this a little more later is trying to change an old company. Like our company's almost 70 years old, not as big as one that's mm. been around like the, the one you're in, but it's hard and you bash it against the wall often because you're trying to change something. And, and again, it's it's like you're trying to get people that you work with that are older to get that sense of wonderment back, get that sense of ambition and drive and like, oh, we can do this. I can run through this brick wall if I want to. Yep. Well, how? I don't know. Got to get a battering ram and a helmet, but there's a way. Mm -hmm. If you a will, there's a way. Yeah. And I think that it might be exaggerated. But, no, no. I, I, but I so to answer your question, it's like I've kind of seen like why am I going to – I was kind of – there's other reasons why I didn't want to go back. So that kind of touches that point. The last – sorry, to circle back to what you said, I didn't answer the question about if you don't have a father figure and if you don't uh, – did I enjoy school, I guess. There's one thing before I answer that I wanted to say. The last thing I remember, it's that I think that the one thing with the youth as well is I – I feel like a lot of people from a young age aren't told that it's okay to be wrong and make mistakes. I can say this comfortably. Like like being working with someone like my, my father who's entrepreneurial and learned a lot of the way, 
I get, I got the impression that he tried to like have me avoid his mistakes, which is good. Yep. But sometimes you do have to make, take your lumps and make your mistakes because they also might not play out the same way. And I feel as if a lot of parents going back to the point of like stay in your lane and that stuff, it's like, you know, you made a mistake, you're reprimanded for it. And it should be like, you know, if you make them, it should be maybe more taught. Like if you make a mistake, take something out of it, learn and, and improve upon it and iterate on it and all those things. So, um, that's his last point yeah. I wanted to bring up on that. But if you don't have a, fo- if, uh, um, a model a or someone. That's a tough question, yeah. It's hard. You know? so, did you know what you uh, wanted to do? I knew exactly what I wanted to do when I was in school. I wanted to own bars and nightclubs and restaurants. And you went into it. And I went into it and I regret it. Like, again, <laughs> hindsight, knowing what I know now. Uh, again, my family business is construction. And yeah. again, I'm, I'm much older now and I have the hindsight to know that. Construction is the largest, best industry, one arguably the largest and best industry to be in. Best is subjective. Yeah, it is, and it's my it's my statement, so I can say that. Um, <laughs> no you offense. think? Sorry, I gotta ask this because technology makes like eighty percent margins. You think that construction is the best business to be in? In technology is infinitely scalable. SaaS, you can build it once and scale it and make money on money on money on money. Construction. So let's say, yeah. Okay. Sorry, I'm taking away from no, your no, topic. No, no, no. <laughs> I just, I just like challenge. Let, let's say that, but like. Technology is, is the sense that it's such a new industry, right? Like, if you think about it, it only really blew up, what, 10 years ago? What? 20 years ago? Bro, you, what? App, Microsoft's been around for this, since the 70s. Oh, I, I understand that, but when did it really, when did these billion dollar companies come around? 90s? Yeah. Like, like, like yeah, early 90s, 2000s? There was what? A oh, no, because Enron like imploded in 99, and Enron was worth like 14 yeah, billion? Yeah, 90s. You came from the Industrial Revolution okay, so into say, what we'd call like the technological well, like the, the, revolution. The dot com bubble was yeah. what? 2000? 99. Okay, it's 2000. Then the social media bubble is what? Or 99 to 01. So then when social, the social media, media was like... was 2010 ish? Maybe. I got my first ever iPhone, which was the first oh. ever iPhone in oh, the wait. UK. Yeah. In 2008. Yeah, 2007, yeah. 2008. Because I got it imported from the US. and that's Definitely like a billion dollar company. Multi billions by then. Yeah. Well, again, the construction company. It's, there's, the, the reason I love construction is because it's arguably the largest employer in the world. I think that's actually fact. I don't know if that's Could be, just yeah. a thing. In terms of like number of people that it employs. Two is something that you'll always need. You literally need construction because you can't live without it. Like it's the oldest industry basically ever. It's like technology. We don't know how much we need it. We do. In my opinion, we definitely need technology, but some people you can say we don't. Let need me ask it. you. You don't need that phone? You can use the dial pad? Oh, no. I fucking need all, oh, buddy. <laughs> this is my main tool. I, I, I'm I the one that will say I need it. But there are people in the world that say you don't need technology. You don't need it. Exactly. You don't but really need, you need anything. Technology. You need construction. You don't need it. You can go well, live in the sub-Saharan Africa with the... With the, with the you, you still got to build. Yeah, with your hands. You're not like... That's still technically construction. Okay. You're building something. That's construction. Hey. Building is construction. <laughs> The biggest industry by employment Retail. in the world is global consumer electronics manufacturing. Oh, wow. So it is. Okay, keep going. What's next? Global commercial real estate, global fast food restaurants, <laughs> global HR and recruitment <laughs> services, wow. global apparel manufacturing, global hotel and resorts, global coal mining. So basically, just like global the, tourism. Why did you just add global to make it sound big? Yeah, See, yeah. HR. <laughs> I'm just reading the if list. It's in the world. It better be global. Commercial <laughs> banks and then auto parts and accessories manufacturing. Okay, but that so construction was I guess five building. One of the real estate is building. That's cons- commercial real estate. That's not the second. Right? That's asset yeah. management. Yeah. So how's construction not even the top ten? <laughs> Biggest unions in the world. Yeah, but the, but that doesn't mean anything. Biggest union is a byproduct of an industry. 
construction but has the clean, most unions. Cleaning is still actually, yeah, you're right. Cleaning is not construction. Yeah, no. So, 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 yeah. so let but me sorry, ask, let me ask, you, let me ask you another question. When you, if you went into, <laughs> I think Danny's wrong. No, there's another list I found that's construction's number two. Okay, there you go. Again, it's Google, subjective, whatever you link, you like link. I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can find a fact, a factual statement. The first one is always when you when you were coming through, let's say school or university. If you had friends that went into the trades. How was that perceived? Because oh, you were not, you were not, you were an idiot. Yeah, you and had to like be a, yeah. And apprenticeships. Sorry, the second question: Did I enjoy school? I so in my an MIT three hundred kid got accepted. So I got accepted even though my marks were subpar because I won this random award. It's like a long story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I graduated. Well, I like it. He's a dummy. Well, I graduated with a uh, with a seventy nine, and to get into <laughs> MIT, you needed an eighty five. But because I won this award at St. Mike's, because I was like a leader and I had played sports and I was. Essentially awesome. I yeah, basically, basically <laughs> I got guaranteed acceptance to any program I wanted at West. Nice. So I chose MIT. What easy award is this? Do they have that on Google? It's a fucking Uno reverse card. It was the it's a secret. Yeah, Google I can't that what it's called. Ricky paid. You know, yeah. that USC scandal. Yeah, he yeah. was paying off people. At yeah. So, no, it was. Uh, I forget what. Anyways, because I won all this, my guidance counselor literally told me, "It's like, hey, you're you're nominated for this award. Basically, it'll guarantee any acceptance you wanted to any school in Ontario because of wow. St. Mike's status with these schools." Anyways, did I like it? I was one of the 300 kids that made it into the second year. Half the class gets cut after first year. I was young and I cared what other people thought about me at that time. And I'm like, I don't want people to think I'm an idiot. Dropped out. And if I tell people I left because I didn't like the program, people are going to think I got kicked out. So mm. I fucking stayed in it. Social pressure. Se- yeah. yeah. And second year, I disliked it even more. And I was like, I can't fucking leave now. I'm two years into this. I'm halfway done. I got to fucking <laughs> some finish. Some cost by us. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some yeah, cost fallacy. Yeah. And the problem is it's like, once you're there, you're there. Like, fuck it. Let me just finish this stupid thing. I'm not going to start over and do business again first yeah. year, which is what I, sh- I, but again. you see, but you see like, and I'm not criticizing Frank and Elaine. They're probably, they're amazing. But did they ever tell you like, Hey, don't be embarrassed to like, if this doesn't work out. No, they said, if you don't like it, why don't you switch? That's what they oh, okay, so they did support you. They did say they said, "Well, Frank's the best. <clears throat> Frank's the fucking best." Frank's like, "Yeah, you do. You do what you want to do. You do. You know, Ricky, you want to take a year off? You want to come work for me? Come work for me. Come work. For me. <laughs> you you would have never gone back. I wish I went to go work for him. I always say, I'm like, again, that's what I know now. So it's completely different. And Elaine's like, "No, Ricky, no, maybe you'll like it. Why don't you? These courses, second year gets See? better. But that's and yeah. But again, she was always like, again, this is your choice. You do what you want, right? And they're so supportive that they said they were going to pay for it. My brother switched after two years. Me and my brother were two years apart. We graduated a day apart or two days apart. Wow. He did two years history pre-law, worked for my son, worked for my dad every summer. And then after when he was, I guess he would have been 20 at that time, decided, you know what? I worked in construction. I like construction. I'm going to be an engineer. Now he's an engineer. So it kind of goes back to that. Maybe would, you, would one year have helped him? <laughs> would year 13 help him? I don't think so because the schooling system wasn't made to show people different forms of life and different jobs and different things. Yeah. It's formed to show you, okay, math, religion, English, French, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My brother went to work one summer with my dad where he got a manager or a boss that showed him the drawings, showed him what we're doing and actually got him involved in the job. And he's like, this is crazy. I'm building a, I think they were doing a bike path along the DVP or he was doing like an off ramp on the DVP. And he's like, this is so cool. I'm going to essentially create something I'm going to move earth and I'm going to sh- reshape the way this fucking place looks. And that's, again, the cool part of construction that isn't s- sexualized in, in school, right? Like people, and I, I said this the other day, I find it so funny that there's people go to university, spend $100,000 in university, get a marketing degree. And I hate bashing marketing just because like I actually love marketing. I think it's great. But you 
you go spend a hundred thousand dollars, you get a degree, then you get a postgrad degree, another twenty grand, and you go and work a job for forty thousand dollars a year. And there's nothing wrong with it if you love it. In the trades, you know, we got cousin, a buddy, uh, little George. You go and work the trades. You do your schooling. It's a year or two years. You're basically guaranteed a job instantly because there's such a shortage in 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 the trades. And then within at least a year or two year, you're instantly making thirty thousand dollars, uh, thirty dollars an hour, which could equate to roughly seven, sixty to seventy thousand dollars a year, depending on your hours. And, and then you only work nine to five, and you clock out. Yeah, and yeah. it's like you can literally start your own business, and then by not even the you're the, at the age of twenty five, you got your a full license. You're making either in the union forty bucks an hour, give or take, depending on what trade you're in, or you can start your own business because you have the knowledge, and it's such a job that's in demand that. If you have your head on your shoulders and you're a good person and you start a business in the trades, you can make money, no questions asked. Like, it's because there's such a shortage out there. There's not yeah. enough people doing it. Half the people doing it are going to retire in the next five to 10 to, yeah, five to 10 years. You're going to lose a third of the workforce. Yeah. I think there's two, nice, th right? two things that I took away from that actually that's interesting. Uh, you can fact check me on this one, but I'm pretty sure that Canada is the most. Hey, I love when the guest makes Danny yeah. work. Like, sorry, Danny. Sorry. I was no, trying don't, to, don't apologize. For I'm me. pretty sure that Canada is one of the most, if not the most educated country in the world. Well, I believe uh, it's, 60 60 percent of the population has a degree or higher in education. Okay. Which I remember when I first came here, having college or you know uh, high school education was like, for me, super um, concerning because I'm like, how am I going to compete? How am I going to be add value in a country that's the most educated in the world where most people have a degree? And I think that social pressure of like if 60% of the population have a degree or higher, it's the norm to go to university. In the UK, that was not the case. It wasn't. And the second thing you said, most of my family is in the trades. And I actually almost went into the trades because my dad had his own construction company. And at one point, he said, like, come be a carpenter. And your question earlier was exactly that. In the UK, it was the same. There was... A bit of a, like, the smart people go to university and the people that are not smart go to be a trade. And if I look at my group of friends through high school now, the, the folks that are in trades almost every single time are doing far better financially. Um, my brother's the same. Most of my closest friends. It's probably a split. 50% of my friends went to university. They've been trying to find their career or try and w fall in love with a job. But my friends that are in the trades are probably... The ones that have consistently got work, consistently financially stable, yeah. including my brother. Um, so sometimes I think some of the social stigmas and the pressures sometimes also force it. You mentioned yeah. parenting, but it's amazing. I, I was paranoid coming from England to a country where most people have a degree and being like, who am I? And what's super interesting is it's amazing how many people here, and this is just a cultural difference, ask what you do. That question doesn't really get asked in the UK. They ask where you're from. So people in the UK oh. are more interested of where you're from, where you grew up. Here, so many people ask what you do. And I think that in itself is almost a, a signal of like people trying to figure out how educated or, or how well off you've done. You know what's interesting? I actually ask, I, I ask people more where you're from than what you do, but I do it because my dad does it. Yep. Because he came, like we'll be sitting and you know, like it's 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 different because the circumstance that he asks yep. it in. Like every time when we were kids getting a taxi, First thing I say, where are you from? Like he's in the front seat. Ask yeah. him. We're walking down the street. He meets some guy that starts talking to him. Hey, where are you from? Like this it's is just a fucking Greek thing. <laughs> but you know, but yeah, you know, it's You're crazy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna yeah. toot my own horn on this one. I because of that, I always ask people where they're from. And over the years, we used to, have to like build mental models of like, oh, this guy's from there. And then with my travel on top of that, I could 
walk up to someone on the street, have a talk to them for five minutes, and I could probably guess in three guesses what country they're from. It could be some yeah. fucking random country. Yeah, I don't know why. It's like my one. It's also you traveled the world. That that, that why as well. It's like my one. one right? like my one like, But anyways, that's not the point. Like I, yeah, yeah that's a, it's a good it's, point you do because a lot of people ask that question. It's funny you say it, yeah, because I literally. But I care more where the people are from. I don't care what they do. <laughs> I want to know where you're from so I can I can relate to you on yeah. that level. Yeah. It's it's you know what I love traveling too. I ask people what they do. Yeah. It's like when I meet new people within, it's probably first 10 questions. Yeah. No, see, sure. I ask where you're like, from because of the fact that I've also traveled. So I find that like it's- I'm, what, I, what do you like, do? I don't- What connect, you do and where are you from? Danny's like, I'm connect, a podcast manager. Connecting on a career <laughs> yeah. level is, is cool, but it also like comes- I gotta wash him. Yeah. Like, yeah, I gotta go after you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, can, Danny, watch come him. on. Just come join. <laughs> Put him over there. Do the um, yeah, I find that- at least for me, I find it cooler. Like I, because every time I ask someone, "Hey, like you know, where are you from?" and they're like, "Oh, where do you think I'm from?" I'm like, "Oh, here." They're like, yep. "How'd you know?" And then I've also been fortunate to travel, so I can be like, "Oh, I've been there." Like I can't tell you this specific example always blows people's mind. Uh, I work with a lot of Sri Lankans, and whenever I'm somewhere, and I can I know there's someone like Sri Lankan. I'm like, I'm like, I'll like, where are you from? But like, oh, wait, let me guess. And I'll be like, Oh, you're Sri Lankan. Yeah. And I'd be like, and I can almost kind of guess what part of Sri Lanka they're from, and I'll be like, You're from Jaffna. Jaffna's the north. Yeah. I went there with somebody who I worked with my who worked with my dad for like 30, 40 years. He took me around. I was like the the only white guy in like in this part of Sri Lanka. Yeah. They don't they, it's not a big tourism area. Every time I tell them, they like their eyes light up. They're like, Did you go here? Did you go here? Like, how do you know yeah. this? I'll name some random islands that I can't even I can barely pronounce. And it's it's weird. Like you form this like connection because yeah. they're like, wow, this person's been to my home. Um so, anyways, it I is a long way, the longer I'm saying, like, I don't, I don't think I've ever asked them, like, hey, what do you do? Unless we're talking after yeah. a while, yeah. what do you do for work? But yeah, I think asking people where you're from is more, it makes you more personable, you know? Yeah, 100%. I think it's circumstances too, what kind of conversation you're having with someone. For sure. Because yeah. it depends on the conversation. Like, if you're going to actually meet someone and get to know them, you're going to ask where you're from. That's like, probably, you mean, like that's, I got a date? Well, it's just, I got a date, eh, Danny? <laughs> and no, but anytime, you're going to say, like, where are you from? Yes. But then you're going to say what you do. Like, even if you're in a work setting, yeah. you're going to ask them what they do. For sure. For sure. Every, How are you going to get to know what they do for in, work? Here, How in, are you going to do business? In Canada, them? that that comes... In Europe, it doesn't. Like, it, you would have to be in a long conversation to start to talk about the other person's profession. Yeah. Which is, is super interesting as... I feel like in the early stages of any kind of conversation, you're trying to... Yeah, you're trying to find common ground. You're trying to find some kind of connection... We're neighbors. But, but, I never once asked what you did. Yeah. I just knew you were British. I'm like, ah, <laughs> I, I'm not trying to cut you off. I actually didn't know. Like we yeah. were even running cast and I'll never forget this. One day we're in the hall. And he's like, he's like, I love what you do with cast. I'm like, oh, thanks. Like we're just like shooting the shit. Yeah. I was like, all right, see you later. And meanwhile, like we're trying to build a tech startup. Never in my life. And I got the, like the head of technology of Walmart living next door to me. <laughs> never once went to like, I didn't know what he did. So yeah. I never once asked, hey, what do you think about this idea? Yeah. And he even said, if you want to bounce ideas off, I remember this conversation because like after, I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, I never- Thank God you would have been in his like his apartment every single day bouncing questions off of well, it. Well, like even during the lockdowns, I was like, oh, I would have loved that. I would have loved that. Yeah, and he like, was always like, hey, come by for a beer. I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm like fucking, I just got home from the thing. I'm exhausted. But because I never asked what he did, never had the opportunity until after we're like on the yeah. back end, about to shut down. I'm like, I didn't want to fucking talk about this thing anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now I like talk, shoot the shit about other things. But uh but yeah. to your point, like I think even in Europe in general, it's true. I wonder if that is like a European thing and it's because even in Europe, like it's kind of like the US, I think, 
where like you could be from London yeah. and you could work in Paris or you can work, never mind, you could even relocate with like working for someone like Deloitte, you relocate to Germany. Yeah. And there's so many expats everywhere that I think people, I think they want to they want to know where you're from because you're not from there. You can kind of tell, you yeah. want to connect with them. Oh, like I've been here. It's so easy to get everywhere. Europe's like almost, almost not really borderless, but it's very easy to get around. Move around, yeah. And people move around a lot. And I think that's also something that happens in the US as well. Like, I don't know who I talked with this about. Um, a lot of people in the US, like if you're from Chicago, it's not like a big move for you to get up and move to Texas or Florida. Yeah. Even though the distance is massive. Whereas in Canada, it doesn't feel like it's uh, as often people will get up from Toronto and move to Vancouver around, yeah. or even cross down to the United States. Well, it's because most people go, like in the US, go to university or college out of state. Yeah. So once you're out of state, you're basically gone. And then, then you're coming. That is actually fast. No, a lot of people. Fact yeah. check. The, the, the other one difference, and I got to run to the washroom after this, yeah. um, that's been very different is, and I'm finally getting over this. Uh, Europe's a lot about look. Like okay. image is so important in Europe. And I, I remember when I first moved here, the amount of times, you know, I was just meeting a group of friends. Um, through like my ex-girlfriend and getting to it and i i would not leave just to go to the bar for a pint i would not leave unless i was fully dressed up everything's ironed like i would not allow to leave the house bro, very you're hanging pro- out with the wrong yeah. very proper yeah. saying yeah, yeah. hanging bo- out with the wrong people bro no, my boys used to, yeah, my boys, the boys used to roast me man i'm like i'm not going out in shorts so they're like are you kidding i'm like get me some pants i need to iron i'm not going out with a blazer and for years i would they would get so frustrated they're like we're just going out in like we just got out of the pool. We just got shorts on, slides on. We're going to the bar for some pints. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going out. Are you kidding me? Come on. In my, in my, my mum would never leave me. We, I grew up in government housing, like very low income family. But my mum would be like, you're not leaving the house like that. Like, just because we're broke, is you that, don't need to look it. Is that a thing? Really? It's serious. And it's, I've only just, elevate, so elevate. I did elevate fest, right? And I'm going to share this. And I've read, I've shared this with no one. <laughs> Gee, this one oh, God. Yeah, this fires me. You get uh, on the stage in front of thousands of people being able to share a, a very cool announcement about Walmart. And about an hour before, I have a full meltdown. Crying, losing my mind. I'm like, I'm not doing it. Right? And this is like a big thing. Like the CEO of Elevate is there to, be, to, to want to announce this thing with Walmart. I'm like, I'm not doing it. And I've got like someone who's my partnership lead and she's like trying to pump me up. She's like, you got to like, I'm like, I'm not doing it. Call them and say I'm not coming. And eventually, um, and it was because, eventually it's because I was not comfortable going out there talking about the subject. (coughs) And after I reflected, I'm like, why? And what I did, and this is a part of still the Europeanness in me, I spent so much time thinking about how I'd look. My outfit, I tried millions of outfits. I went shopping every night. I can relate. I didn't drink for two weeks. I was like shredding, trying to make myself everything, right? And then like a few hours before the speech, I'm like, what am I going to say? And I'm like, why did I put so much emphasis on how I'm going to look versus what I was actually going to say? What I'm going to say is the most important thing. And I spent no time on that. And that was another good reminder of like the Europeanness in me is so concerned about image and look that actually what I love about Canada is Canadians really care about who you are as a person. You, you oh, could sure. look amazing in the UK, but you could be an asshole, right? But people like want to be around you because you look great. Here, you could, if, you could look amazing. If you're an asshole, like people are not interested. And I remember going to like parties when I first came here and I'd want to talk about certain things and get like the cold shoulder a bit. And I'm like, why, why are people not interested in that stuff? And I truly believe Canadians... 
put more emphasis on who people are as humans and how good they are as people. I know people like the kind Canadian and they always apologize. It's real. Europe's all about look and image. And I've got friends that are broke in thousands of dollars of debt, but they look great, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> They're like flexing, right? You only got to look at like football hooligans in the UK. They'll go out fighting in like tens of thousands of dollars of outfits. Come on. Like, yeah, but they look good. No money in the bank, broken and miserable. And it's just every time I go back to the UK and I see friends and I've been away there from, for nine years now, I see it. I see friends that are just unhappy and miserable, but damn, do they look good. Like they're nined up. And yeah. I'm just like, it's amazing how image in the UK is, and Europe is so important. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. In Canada, it's not the same, man. So like, people treat you fair. for who you are, not for yeah, how you look. I, I want to talk about <laughs> this because fair. In, in most parts of Europe, I don't know, because again, a lot of times when we travel, we travel to like hot, you know, yeah. vacation destinations. But me and Danny went to uh, to London for um, May 2-4 weekend this past year. Nice. And we saw so many fucking beautiful people, like so many beautiful people. And we have a girlfriend of ours that lived in London for, I don't know, two or three years or whatever. And she goes, Ricky, people don't actually really look like that. Like, no. you, you need to see them when we hang out at people's homes and stuff. Like, they don't look like that. They're not that many beautiful people in London. It's just everybody is so put together when they 100%. go out. They take the time, makeup on point, outfit on point. Everything is on point. And now you say, I'm like, well, no, I even asked him because I was freaking out. I brought all clothes. I'm like, well, I'm going away with Ricky. It doesn't really matter what I wear. Like, it's Ricky. Yeah. And then I text Sammy and I was like, oh my God, what do I wear tonight? Like, what do the girls wear when they go out in London? And she's like, to the nines. The you have to dress up, yeah. dolled up, everything. Yep. So I'm like, really? That's so like, insane. I, I dress, I'm not kidding. These are actually from Walmart. Yep. These are the Levi's brand at Walmart. Nice. Like, Appreciate this big Levi's fan. You know, yeah. this t shirt's the one from uh, Nashville. Remember we wore it up to the Titans game? We bought these in, in Walmart. We did? Or maybe your competitor. I can't say it on there. Yeah. <laughs> but I shopped there too. Yeah, big yeah. big time. Begins with A, right? Uh, no, it begins no. with a T. T? All right. Oh. T, big T. U.S. competitor. Big T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the States. <laughs> um, they didn't make it here. They, went, they didn't have the Walmart yeah. business model. Yeah, no, no. Walmart, Walmart in Canada, their fashion selection, a little pricey for me. You know, all these, in the States, these jeans Walmart, are like $19. Walmart, sorry to Walmart you, in the U.S. is the best store in the entire world. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna have a good Walmart Canada too. Walmart Come Canada's on. good. Listen, I, I showed to my mom worked like worked at Walmart Canada for a long time. Yeah, yeah I always forget your mom worked there. Yeah, so, I actually met a side talking to a guy about it today at another grocery store I bought, I was at for cleaning. But uh, anyways, the the U.S. one, I if every store was gone off the face of the earth, but Walmart existed, like you, you everyone would have everything they needed. Yeah, yeah. yeah you honestly like. We, Anyways, on the road trip, we would park outside the Walmarts because we get free Wi-Fi. Yep. Every morning, I'd go in there, I'd grab my three cookies for a buck. Yep. You can park in there overnight. Yeah, yeah. of course. RVs, one, one cars, everything. Yeah, yeah, one place they, they didn't let two. us. Two. Yeah, two. Two gave us our time. I'd get, my, I'd get my three cookies every single morning, and I'd walk down majority of the aisles just to see if this one was different than the <laughs> last one. And they're all so bang on consistent. Eh? Like, you know exactly where everything is once you figure out one Walmart. But even the clothing selection, like, look, am I a fashionable guy? No, absolutely not. I'm not. But... I would look at these things. I'm like, man, this is like, I could shop here. I go down to Florida, Fort Myers. I go to Walmart and I go shopping. And again, one of the competitors. And I buy my vintage tees there. I'm wearing, um, here, I'll show you the tees. You guys asked me today. (laughs) I'm at the gym. This guy's got, oh, nice. Most polos. You know, the chicken from Breaking Bad? Yeah. The guy at the gym this morning, I put it on. He's like, yo, big Breaking Fan. Where'd you get them? Walmart. I bought in the States, so you got to Walmart.com. Long not trip, that. But, you know, like, oh, Walmart's incredible. But sorry, just to circle back. Like, I did not know that the UK was like that. I, like, I kind of can see that, though, because even like in Greece, like people really, 
I mean, it's relative, but like people really try. Even my village, like the guys will really? bring out their best T-shirt. Oh yeah, yeah. like like Mykonos in Athens. For well, sure. no, but like okay, it's, it's again, it's. So we're talking about the best T-shirt. Eh? Like you'll see guys. No, but honestly, like I go. We used to joke about it as kids. Like me and my cousins from here would go back, and like even when we were young, we would tr you know you try hard. You're on vacation, you want to be cool, but you would see like the kids in our village. You know, they come out in like this like cleanly pressed t-shirt it's like you know nike or has some crazy like slang thing on it they at bought Harvey. it at like you know united colors of benetton or something yeah. like that they're flexing on everybody and then like they'd go out again a couple nights later and they have the same shirt on but it's like still clean and ironed and again the next week's in the same shirt it's like oh that's their outfit like so they, it's their, they bought it that year they're really proud of that's it so they, rocking, they really yeah. yeah and you see that i mean listen it's hard to say mikinos because that's different like people most people they're on vacation so they're yeah. dressing up for a reason so, yeah. But like even when I the people that I know through friends of friends that like are in Athens, so when I'd be like there with my buddies from here, stopping at the beach, they got friends. They're from Toronto, but they would have friends there because they've lived there. When their friends meet us, they all seem maybe not the guys as much, but even like the girls going to the beach seem like really like when I think about it, they're like trying, you know, trying their best, yeah. if you will. I can't tell you like how I'm dressed right now is how I went to work today. It's taken me like 10 years to get to this point. I would never. You look, bro, you look so put together. Yeah, but like. That's how I went to work. Uh, three, <laughs> this three is how I went to work ago, today. Three years ago, I would be going to work in a, in a three-piece suit. And that was not respect. like. That was not just about the pandemic. Everything kind of changed too, right? Yes. It kind of feels stupid to be at a desk sending emails in a three-piece suit now. You're like. <laughs> your home desk. Yeah, like why am I doing this? Like tight pants, like just everything. But yeah. I, would go, I would have to. Like, and I would not go to the gym nothing that had to be on everything and just well you're like it's a that, big though. difference gym, man. Gym it's fits, a big this difference guy. listen well, if you can't yeah. kick your body don't look good at least my fit looks good you know but <laughs> all, but, the, all the gear no idea every, <laughs> i like that one all the gear no idea um i like i'm wearing suits now again so I'm, i was the same way i used yeah. to wear, always wear suits but that's because like a culture at work and you know yeah. dad wore suits and it's the people we deal with also dress that way so I wore suits like forever, the first 10 years of working. And then after, the, after like the pandemic started, I started going to more like jeans and t-shirt and then like jeans and company branded apparel. But then as we started going back to full-time in office, I was yep. like, I, I, there's still days where like, you know, if I know I meet a customer or I'm in serious meetings, yes, I'll throw so. a suit on. If I know it's a Friday, what we'll the, you know, lunch with a customer, I'll throw like, I'll yep. dress like you, like business yep. casual. Um, Let me ask you a question. When did shoes and suits become a thing? Oh, like, this is like, my favorite. I used to wear when, shoes. Like, when did that happen? I don't. I don't know when that transition is. Like, I think it's always been a thing. No, Barely like, what was no thing I'm saying like five to seven years. The first time I ever did it, the first time I ever did it was at University uh, Western, and back then it was the look of wearing like a black suit with chucks. Really? I was going to say like my sweet sixteen. All the guys came in suits, but I'm younger than you guys. But so I would like with like running like these kind of sneakers. It was like like Jordans or like other kind of sneakers, and then their suits. I don't remember that transition. No, so I did it. I did like once. I did it once or twice for like a semi-formal or a frat thing that we dressed up, and then never again. Like I could not pull the sneakers off. And then recently, maybe like a year or two ago. Wait, sorry, you wore a suit with chucks? Yeah. At one of the yeah, foremost, like, yeah. Like, I when I was traveling, like, I kept shoes like this. Okay, like what but you like, guys have on now, these look good with the suit because you know they're slim, 
nice, but they're also like but leather when did that shoes. Happen? Like when did people come That's out of leather, leather shoes right? into this into suit? Probably like five years ago, uh, yeah, six, seven, like yeah, seven-ish. yeah, five to seven. It's obviously it's a couple years pre-pandemic. Even kind of the tech rise, maybe when yeah, you yeah, got yeah. guys like you got like CEOs wearing like the New Balances or like the Nike yeah, Air yeah. Monarchs or look and stuff. But yeah. then the rise of Jordans too yeah. really changed yeah. things too. Like wearing Jordans just became. I wore these to like weddings now. I've only just managed to make that transition from like wearing loafers and stuff. And not don't. having like proper leather shoes on. Yeah, still part don't. of it is because I grew up in a hometown called Northampton in England, and it's, and it's the uh, shoemaking town. So it's like really my whole of my my childhood was, was surrounded by shoemaking. Some yeah. of my friends still make the shoes for James Bond movie shoes. Um, Come on, yeah, like my hometown is like the shoemaking town of right. England. It's kind of cool. Oh, so you get the, be- the best shoes you go yeah, over there. So like shoes have always been a thing. Yeah, right? yeah. It's like yeah, this you There's have actually, to you have to go out a sick good There's shoes a brand. There. I wonder if they're from. Northampton. I don't remember where they're from. There's a shoe brand that I that I've, I'm a big fan of, and they're from the UK. They're handmade, and I ordered. I haven't bought them in a while. Duke and Dexter. Uh, maybe. You know them? Maybe. They maybe. make like loafers. They're big and yeah. like like those kind of like custom they're like, like the loafers. shoes you're wearing now, but like they also do like nice ones. They do no. stuff like that too, though. These are like no, forty. Duke bucks. and Dexter are like like. The, no, I know the loafers, but they also do stuff like that too. No, they do. These maybe. are forty bucks. They do ones. With these loafers. are like sixty bucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, New Republic. I've had these oh, for like wow. three years, and they're the still. Shoes. There we go. Yeah, I, I gotta go to the washroom. Let's washroom. Yeah, you want you want to run it, sneak out? Yeah, yeah. What, what, how, yeah. How long are we going APLs, for? Yeah. We're so good. Go down. Go up this door down the hall, like that way. Make a left all the way at the end on the left side. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. What time is it? Man? What are we at? We've been on an hour ten. Oh wow! Jesus Christ! Like we've been going for like thirty minutes. No. We'll go for a little bit more. Yeah. Wait until he gets back, and we'll kind of last time. Because I got the Jamie Fine concert tonight. I uh, I forgot I had at least tickets tonight. We luckily we gave them away last minute, but oh, thank I God. Just forget. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> there was something at we, the beginning. Hey, just first off, while he's gone, he's a phenomenal speaker. Yeah, like he's, that's a great storyteller right there. Like just a lot. no, but he was like, he's great. He does he, a lot of speaking engagements. So yeah, like, you could tell he does this like on a kind of regular basis because you give him a thought and he runs with it and like well articulated well thought out it's not like he's thinking you you can tell he's not thinking as he goes he's like he's got the thought okay here let me lay it out for you i'm like the pals yeah <laughs> i'm like me i won't put it on jordan goes like a few times there i was, what I was, trying, saying, to, I was buddy i was, I was like you, you better catch yourself before which one which i'll tell you if it was i was getting i, was I can't going, remember so, i looked at the camera and i smiled at it <laughs> there's one one time i was talking well maybe twice this episode i was trying to like reel it back and i'm like oh fuck where did i go at this point right. no no uh, i can anyways. see this now because before when he was saying how he was like panicking about what he was gonna wear and blah 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 blah, and i'm texting becca i said George oh. just said he can relate about stressing about his outfits. I was going to cut it in, but then I stopped myself. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like even so one of the things that stresses me, which you've talked about, is like the, like the too many things in my closet. And Ricky knows this. The thing that I used to get stressed out with is I put something on and it wouldn't match. or I wouldn't know if I like it or if I have nothing to wear. I do that thing that like the best know, part is George would put on a black, black t-shirt. Now. I don't think it looks good. Put on another black t-shirt. Ah, this one's the right one. <laughs> you, like, you know, that, they are the did, exact I tell you, did I ever tell you that I go to Becca? Danielle knows this. That I would That's like. That's why I brought this up. Yeah. So <clears throat> I want to tell Lee this. So we were talking. Lee, we were talking about how, uh, like, I said, I can relate to you about the clothes thing and changing so many times. So my problem used to be back in the day that I like I would do the same thing. I throw an cl- outfit on to go, and I'm like, ah, I don't like this. Change again. Change again. Ricky be waiting down to pick me up. Keep changing. He's like, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, where are you? I'm like, I'll be there in a minute. Yeah. And I change like seven more times, and I finally find that I'm still not sure about it. So. Over the years, I, I decided to like declutter like my life and try to like minimize the amount of decisions I got to make. Yeah, I'm on that same morning. journey right now, dude. I've thrown out things out of my closet on a weekly basis. I take one thing, I'm like, don't need this yeah. anymore. Anyways, 
So I've got it down and most of my stuff now is pretty, um, not, maybe monotone is not the right word, but it's all like blacks, grays, yep. whites. Yep. Makes it easy. Neutrals. Neutrals. Yep. And then my like sweater. My, That's exactly, why we got Because yeah. then you can match it You can easy. match it up, yeah. <clears throat> so what I do now, <laughs> before I couldn't like decide to try a bunch of things on and then like whatever, come to a conclusion and just give up eventually. Now, most of my stuff that I wear is just like all black. So when I'm not in like a suit for work, I'm yep. wearing black jeans, black t-shirt, sneakers. I'll put clothes on and I'll go to Becca and I'll be like, hey, how do I look? She's like, <laughs> Same. Yeah, it's black. <laughs> Same thing. I'll do it again. She's like, how do I look? She's like, hold on. Let me, I'll tell you in a second. Takes a picture. Like, since didn't yell. She's like, I how does George look? I FaceTimes at 8 a.m. Yeah. Like, why are you calling me? I don't know why. It's just a habit. Oh, I do. Like, how does this look? Wearing. And it's the same thing always. 90% yeah. of my closet is black yeah, t-shirts okay. and black jeans. So that doesn't, that's interesting. That doesn't go away. Like even, even when you've simplified it, that, that. Dude, I. I have a, I have a guy who works for me. He's worked for me for like five years now. <laughs> and he, he wears, he wears the same outfit every single day. He has five blue shirts. Five black pants in the same every single day. I respect and that. And the only reason I know <coughs> is because he told me. Otherwise, I wouldn't have noticed. And I chat to him about Bro, it. clear your throat. Sorry, I'm like, I, I can feel it. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like listening. I'm like, holy, this sorry, is driving sorry. nuts. Sorry, guys. Apologize to And, and the only reason I know about it is because he, he told me, right? Otherwise, I wouldn't have noticed. I'm like, how was it? He's like, I thought that everyone was going to be looking at me being like, oh, you're wearing the same outfit again. He's like, no one even notices. No one cares. He's like, everyone's in their own bubble. He's like, yeah, maybe every time and every now and then I'll go to a party and I'll change it up. And people are like, oh, you look great. But he's like, no one is, everyone's in their own bubble. They don't even notice what I'm wearing. It's he's like, lot. I don't have to get to bed every night and go, what am I wearing tomorrow? I don't have to worry. I wear the same thing every day. Less decisions Respect. I need to make. Yeah, but it's a lot like, easier for guys to do that than girls to do that. No, everyone can do it. It matters how much you care what people think about you. Yeah. Okay, I agree with that point too. If you wore, <laughs> listen. I no, said, if I like, wore the same thing to so work every Becca, day. Becca has like, would you, like, I think like, I think anyone, any human being, if they were all black, looks good in all black. It's not. It's very hard to mess mm. up all black. Like if if Becca were all black every day, like it could be different all black. It doesn't matter. I would not like. She looks good in it, so I would. It's great. Most people don't. I guess like you said, they care about what like they're yeah, going they're, on their, they're head. In their own bubble. They're walking around like you maybe on were when you were about to like, you know go on stage, Never. and they're thinking, oh, I'm at the office. People like my shoes. All this. They don't know what Linda's wearing at her desk. No. So you should, Linda can wear the same thing every day. No one's gonna know. They're notice. in their own space. Yeah. There's and the, the thing is, too, there's so many more important things than what are you wearing to work or something. I know. Like. Uh, one of my guys came up to me. So one of our guys doesn't say hi to one of our other guys every day. And it's apparently a big deal. He doesn't say hi, like yeah. purposely. No, no, just accidentally. Because there's a million other things happening in a day-to-day -day thing. One of our guys takes a person. Oh, he doesn't even say hi to me. You know, he he hates me. That's, that's rude. I was like, is this really bothering you? Is yeah, this, is this really a big thing that bothers you? Yeah. He goes, yeah. I'm like, look, maybe he's just busy and occupied with other things. Like, who cares? Like, is this a big deal? Yeah, it's a big deal. Look, it's not a big deal. He's busy doing other things. So people sometimes are so busy to even say hi, and you think they care about what you're fucking wearing? No. They're in their own bubble, man. Everyone's like, in their bubble because everyone's got a million things that they got to get done on a day-to-day -day basis, especially at work because you got, you've got your eight or nine hours or 10 hours or how long your work day is to get those things done. Yeah. Do you really care about what other people are? I actually... Your I, birthday or something cool. You know, we're celebrating your birthday. We got cake for you. We're all staring yeah. at you today. We're going to take the 10 minutes to have cake and, and say, sing happy birthday. Cool. Put on a cool outfit. Yeah. Great. The rest of the fucking year, who cares? I actually think it helps you if you wear the same. Like this, oh. And I've never proven this, but um, it, it, that became part of his brand. That was like who he was. People knew exactly what he's going to look like, yeah. what he's going to wear. You have a uniform. Yeah, and it's like a uniform that like... 
if you show up in a different style all the time, people are, they don't really know what to expect from you. And I think he was just consistent every day. And it, it, that became who he was as a brand. Yeah. Not in a negative way. It was just no. like consistent, exactly the same all the time. And you're like, well, can it actually help you? But, I, but, you're, but you're saying a bit different. You're saying even though you've made that transition, you still have that bit of a oh. like self-doubt of like, do I look good in it? Like, well, why no, why like do you that, think that is? Well, yes. I mean, like, yes, I no. Yes and no. Like, I, I ask now because like she pointed out that I yeah. do it. So yeah. I, like I do it like more as a joke. If I'm wearing all black, I know it's the one that makes it look yeah. good because it looks like I lost 10 pounds. So it's, <laughs> so it's my go-to. But I just like all black. I think it's like, yeah. it's... it's um. I don't often have that thought where like I could put on a suit. Like even in the past when I knew I had a nice suit and I knew it looked good, I'd put it on somebody's and be like, ah, does this look good? Like it looks weird today. I don't do like now. It's true. It's probably an insecurity or yeah. something. Yeah, it is. Not something that happens like now. Like now I kind of know because I've also condensed my closet so I have less like margin of error. Yeah. Like the point of like matching those colors, stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, one thing about like when you wear the same thing, I, this is what I think. I think like number one, obviously it eliminates the amount of decisions you have to make in a day. Yep. Like I think Mark Zuckerberg is one of the first people to like talk about this. He's the same one, not even the same color. It's like one brand of t-shirt he wore. And I think it was actually, I read this in an article, um, uh, Esmeralda Zenia or one of the, one of the design, Italian designers. He had like custom made like 10 shirts, 10 <laughs> pants, 10, and it's all he had in his closet. Like yep. multi, multi, multi-billionaire could afford to buy anything he wants, has like 10 things in his closet. I think that it obviously alleviates a lot of like mental sh- capacity. I mean, most people probably aren't the same as like OCD as like I am. Like I just, it stresses me out to look at all this stuff. Yep. Um, I also think it is a bit of a flex. If you can not care and wear the same damn outfit every day or like like almost to your point, like literally throw in Walmart th- like clothes and brag about it and not care. I mean, it says something, right? Because like, Again, to your point, like a lot of people really, really care Image. what people think of them. And I think the less you care, it also disarms people. They're like, oh, this person doesn't care. Like they look good, but like they were the same thing. Oh, that's like, yeah. I can't do that. Good for them. Like, you know what I mean? It kind of comes off as like, I think a little disarming, but a little bit of like um, confident. confident, but yeah. also a little bit like, oh, this person like doesn't care. Well, that's kind of cool. Like, yeah. you know, so yeah, in that regard. Um, I think it's more about how you wear it than what you wear. And that's, at least that's what I tell myself. Yep. Like I, I had my $100 suit. <laughs> but you don't even wear your clothes well. Yeah. You wear like jeans and roll them up and shit. Like, Well, I had my $100 <laughs> suit at the horse race and I got it tailored properly. So I, $100 suit and I spent 40 bucks to tailor it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, are you even tailoring a $100 mm-hmm. suit? Like the fucking thing's not even going to make it the end of the night. Fucking looked phenomenal in it. I, yeah, uh, okay. I mean, it's I'll, probably I'll a byproduct of you being pretty in shape, pretty no, good looking. Like, well, I think that's the point I'm about to make. Is I actually, f- I think it's entirely about how you feel in. Yeah, how you feel with nothing on oh, will determine you. how you feel, regardless of how good the outfit is. I have some of the best suits that I love. If I put them on now, I, they won't feel good. Yeah, and it wouldn't look good because of how you're feeling physically. And for me, it's like you could, you can be. In the, if you're in the best shape and you feel good physically, it doesn't matter what you're wearing. It, you'll be like, this looks, this looks yeah. sick, right? That's true. But if, if, you're, if you don't feel physically good, yeah, that's, that's you true. could be in the best suit. It could be custom tailored. But you're like, oh, it doesn't fit in the right places. I don't yeah. feel good about myself. And I think that's one that does get 100%. Because yeah. I'll put these suits on. Like this is the one I'm wearing now I actually got from my brother's wedding. It's actually a three-piece suit. I don't wear the three-piece often. But like 
I can't, a man's calves are popping out well, of that. I also man. bought this suit. Cuffs, man. I bought this suit in 2019 when I was boxing. So I was probably like, that was the last time I was in really, really, well, better, the best shape I've been recently. <laughs> let's say that. So now it's a bit tight. So now suddenly I put it on. I'm like, I know the suit looks good. Fortunately, I got like, you know, I'm not really worried about like what's going on here. More of this, but you know, I'm not too like, I'm not too worried about it, but I know what you mean. I'll put it on. I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Like, yep. I'm not feeling my best today. I feel like I've gained a couple pounds, even though I probably would gain a couple more the other week. But on the other hand, I will say, like, you made a point about being the runner's calves. I only wear Nike. Well, sorry, let me rephrase that. I only wore Nike. Lately, I've mixed in some Lululemon because the shorts are phenomenal. Oh. But not now. What when I, I just say shoes, I'm like, those ain't Nikes. They're plain white, nondescript run like sneakers. They're the only non-Nike shoes that have my dress shoes that I... Dre- I Work-related, yeah. I'm joking. Nike's with a suit, yeah. <laughs> I'm fucking with you. <laughs> really getting, getting, really getting so defensive. So defensive right defensive now. defensive on this point. Um, when I... You want to switch seats? You want to sit over there and get the hot chair for a bit? <laughs> when I... Uh, when I wear Nike stuff, doesn't matter what, if I have the best Nike gear or like... I feel like I am Elliot Kipchoge or Donovan Bailey, call it whatever runner you yeah. want. Even though I know that if I look at myself running out of passing a store window, I'm barely going at a speed walk. I still feel like I'm like a pro athlete. Yeah. You know? Are you, so are that's you going thing. like secondhand, like thrift shopping or anything like that? Yeah. I, I that do. Level? I do. I'm not like a good thrifter. Because that, 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 that. My fashion just getting, sucks. Like I'm like. Seems getting big, man. I, big. I'm just, again, I jeans and a t-shirt, jeans, a sweater. Simple, yeah. Yeah. Like if. if if you have, to, if I have to rely on my fashion to look good, I'm fucked. Yeah, it's just whatever. I get play fashion. Good way to but play. you know what you were saying is, you know, look good, feel good, play good. I bought these nice. I, I play hockey a little bit, men's league. Yeah. So I play with like guys like twice. In Canada, times. really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so I, uh, I bought these nice skates, and sometimes you get them like freshly sharpened. You feel so fucking fast. Yeah. And I remember oh, yeah. one of the guys was like videotaping us play because it's like a work thing. And I remember in my mind, I I know I'm the fastest guy on the ice too. Like I'm noticeably the fastest guy on the ice, and I feel like I'm fucking flying, and <laughs> I look so good out there. You know, jersey hanging in the back. I watched the video. I was like, I look like I can't even skate. <laughs> my ankles are like fucking folding in, and I'm like, and you actually play hockey, and I'm too. flying. No, and I'm like, I still am the fastest guy. But I thought the video was in slow motion. So I'm like, no, nah, this can't be me. I'm way faster than that. Play full speed. That's like, like that's like me when I played baseball, which I was pretty good at baseball. You got a good swing at least. But the thing is, there was a video. This is back when he played men's league, and we had a really good team. Rick and I batted three four, so like cleanup and power, and we it was smashed. Each each at bat, one of us most likely hit a hit either an extra base hit or a home run. Nice. Yeah, yeah one funny. or the other. Yeah, either. We were There's, 50 50 chance. And it was never like, we never, like, we're, you know, you're older, you're not in high school, like, recording it as much as you used to tell your buddies. But I guess one of the times I came up, bases loaded. Uh, I can't remember the circumstances of the game. I think we were down. Bases loaded, I come up, and I hit an absolute missile over center field. My, my buddy records it, and he shows me. I'm like, fired up that he got it. When I watched the video, so in my head, my swing always was like, I'm like Bryce Harper. My leg comes up so high, time it perfectly, boom. I could barely lift my leg off the ground. It looks like a fat old man swing. And I was so like, because I still can crush the ball, but it's so unathletic how it looks. And in my head, I'm like, oh, that that can't be right. I'm going to show you guys this video because I, sh- I talked about it the other day. <laughs> so we got a ski trip coming up to Sun Peaks like with the podcast. Nice. So I was talking with this girl who's from Sun Peaks. Uh, she's the marketing manager. And I'm talking about how like, oh yeah, I ski. I'm like this one picture where I think I, I was like, I got six feet of air. And I remember- I took talking, this photo of you, I think. Yeah. Uh, no. I think it was either you or 
This one? I, I took that one. So yeah, we're yeah, in trouble. Yeah. It's like me, George, DB, and Dom, one of our other buddies. And I remember thinking, like, I fucking got so much air. I was so high in the air. <laughs> like, I'm like two feet. This one, It was feet. not high. Bro, I'm two feet. Literally, look, look at the distance there. Like, <laughs> max, and in my mind, I was a fucking meter off the ground. Easy, two meters. More. I think I think that's true about every part of your life. Oh, yeah. Every part of your life, what you, how you the believe you, bad, you're yeah. seeing it or, or experiencing it versus how others are seeing it and experiencing it is completely different. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know about how you guys, do you guys watch your material back? I used to. Yeah? I used to really watch it. Now can't do it. Sometimes I will never watch this ever again. Ever. <coughs> really? I can't. Oh, fuck. I, I, I can't. Oh, see, shit okay, so like... It, yeah, you could, man. Just do it. A good thing. Oh, good <laughs> thing I gotta watch it. So fuck like, these Walmart But you jeans. don't because you just don't like to hear yourself and like see yourself? Oh, uh, yeah. It's just like... I don't want to ruin that perfect image I have of myself in my head. Oh, okay, okay. Back, Mind, you, how you look perfect, right? Because mom made you iron the shirt This today. is it, yeah. How do you I, iron Lulu pants? I, I had to do it, man. <laughs> oh, no. Did you, those yeah. are, you iron those? Come on. I had to turn it's it right like, down to like silk setting. <laughs> <laughs> you probably, like, oh, you're probably the best person, like the best ironer. Like That's my job now with the boys. It pisses me off, man. Yeah? I'm like, going out like, with the boys? Eh, it's throwing me. I'm like, you've never ironed anything in your life. Like, why now? And they're like, because you're here. I'm like, thanks. I'm the guy that hangs. That's a good skill to have. You have to like good, nice, like, nice crease. I'm the guy that fucking hangs my shirt up in the shower, turns the heat on full, turns the fan off, close the door. That's me. Yeah. Um, Every yeah. time I see George come out of my condo now, he's like, bro, that's not iron. Get on. Like, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> Walking the dog, it's not iron. Come on, bro. What's happening? <laughs> not good enough. Get back in. I, you know what's funny? So I'm the opposite. I, when I used to like, uh, we used to wear my suits all the time, I would have the iron always ready every morning, pull it out, iron my shirts. Unless they were dry clean, but for the most part, I you know wear them once, twice, but I would always iron before I went out. I have taken the iron out twice in the past three years and it's because becca needed it twice <laughs> i not ironed my clothes i actually ironed her clothes the other day i ironed one of her shirts oh it's dangerous i have a bad story about this we were going i don't even have an iron <laughs> I, I, I have a buddy of mine who's whose girlfriend owned like a fashion and apparel store downtown she was like a big time influencer like always dressed in the nines always like top 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 of the fashion game and we we're going to the queen's queen's, queen's, queen's play yeah yeah right big crew like 40 50 people she's like hey can you iron my outfit right and i'm like sure <laughs> yeah i got this. i got you this thing was like 80s uh all-in-one silk like beautifully colored like outfit and i'm like oh god i start ironing it and it starts melting on the iron and and this chick's not chill like this chick's like she, I'm, I'm gonna hear it and her boyfriend comes down and he's like, what's wrong? He's like, you're white in the face. I'm like, I just melted the outfit. And he's like, like the one she's wearing? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, fuck. Right? <laughs> he's like, okay, let's close the door. Let's have a plan together. This is her boyfriend. Right? <laughs> he knows. He's, he's like, one of the boys. He's eh? like, you know, he's he like, this is not going to go down well. He's, he's like, like, fuck, I'm going to get a yeah, job. Fucking <laughs> opening the car door today. <laughs> let me figure out how you're going to get out of this one, right? And then she comes steaming into the door. And I like pick the iron up and her like outfit. He's like melted to the iron. And I'm like, and she just looked at me. I don't think she had enough time to be mad. If she had time to be mad, because we would. Yeah, we yeah, going, yeah. I don't think I would have been alive today, but it she was like. It out? Yeah, man, be careful, man. Like some of those girls, <laughs> some of those dresses, 
Gotta be careful, man. Absolutely. I, you just started eyeing it, and the thing melted onto the iron. And it's I'm just like, the material. Like, you yeah. don't know. I did that and, and I'm pretty like, sure I was like, this cannot be iron. She's like, it can. I'm like, it can't. And I think that's what got me out of it in the end. So I'm like, I just I did it because you. you told me. Right? <laughs> yeah. I, tol- I told you so never works in an, in an argument ever. Oh, like, no, never. No, that's no, not what you want to Last thing to say. Last thing. But always. yeah, man, it's a lot of responsibility being I'm, the chief iron. I'm complete opposite. I'll like pick something up. If it's wrinkled, I was like, I put it on. Fuck too late. I've already come too far. Really? Spill coffee, still in my condo. Uh, no, I've actually started. This is gonna sound bad, but I've actually gone. This is like recently, maybe f- last few years, where I had a shirt that was just dry clean. So I mostly only have white, a one specific type of white shirt. I, I'm not gonna give him a plug. Actually, yeah, no, fuck him, fuck him. No, we need good we brand. need money right now. I like the very shirt. I actually bought a bunch when we were in Florida last time. Don't I have, give him I a have shout white. Out. I only have white shirts and light blue shirts. They're like Same. flexy ones. So yeah, like flex. Yeah. Hugo Boss like stretch yeah. fit, ah, stretch fit, whatever. Yeah. Good, good shirt. Yeah, I don't pay us. The only ones that I wear. <laughs> Most comfortable, you know, as I gain weight, it stretches a little bit. Uh, it's true. My man right. talking like he's got a fucking barrel. I, I never thought I'd get to this this podcast and be talking about ironing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's coming a, it's it's a long way, man. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't want to I never thought we'd talk about it. Like I said, time. I I, yeah, do you have to wrap up soon? Yeah, we got to wrap up soon. Okay, finish this last yeah, thoughts we'll and we'll wrap up. I don't, I can't even remember the point of that one was. It kind of, uh, nice shirts. Same shirts. Wear them. Coffee spills. Oh, yeah. Like I've actually got to the point now where if I just dry clean it and I wear it once, but it hasn't really gotten wrinkled and like there's a little stain on it. I'll throw it back on. Go back. Even if the stain is in a visible area. Sure. Because I'll You just go, did it that morning. Hello. Yeah, I get a coffee on the way in. I'm like, it, it, also, I'm not the kind of person that like, I won't, you know, some people get like, you can tell when someone's insecure because they'll point something out before someone sees it. Yeah. You know, it's like they have a stain like, ah, you know, I was driving in. Like, no one cares. Yeah. Like, don't tell them a story. No one cares. So if, because like you're doing it to deflect. You're, you're telling someone so that you can like. But it's also, it's a personal insecurity. Right. So see, I won't even tell people. If someone's like, you're sure. I'm like, yeah, reward it. it. was dirty already. Oh, that's opposite. Yeah. Like, oh, opposite. no, I'll tell. I'll make up a story. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, yo, you got a stain. <laughs> Holy <laughs> fuck. Oh, this morning. I must have happened when I was drinking my coffee this morning. I, got a, I saw a crazy fender bender. I looked over to help. <laughs> Lady asked for help. She spilled my coffee as I was helping her. Crazy story. It's actually not a bad yeah. idea. It makes good stories. Oh, you kidding? But I can't do that. I feel like I'm lying. Yeah, You're I don't like making stuff up. I had a dress once, and it's like this, like satin silk. Got in the Uber, don't iron those, went up man. to a gala, <laughs> went up to them. a, and I had ironed it perfectly, like it was impeccable. Get the Uber to the gala. I place it a certain way so it wouldn't. I stand up. There's one little wrinkle. I lost my mind. Losing. I remember going to Becca, and I was just like, "Oh my god, I can't go in." Blah blah blah. I'm wrinkly. Who cares? I get in there. I'm like, "Oh my god, the Uber made my dress wrinkly." No one yeah. would have noticed. No one cares. But it was no a one. mental thing for me. Sometimes I just iron the front of it. <laughs> Actually, yeah, like because I'm like, I'm not gonna see the back, and it's not gonna bother me, and no one else really cares. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm a, I only care, so I'm just gonna iron the bits that I can see. I don't think I iron the back of this today. I. Uh, <laughs> It's just not the bad. front. Listen, it's just the front. I'm I, not going to see the back. It doesn't yeah. matter. I had a wedding. This is a lot. We'll wrap up this. I had a wedding a couple months ago, and I wore my suit jacket in the car to the wedding. Because why would I fucking take my jacket? It wasn't hot. Early in the morning. Wore my jacket. I get there. The guy who made the suit, he goes, bro, did you wear that in the car? I was like, yeah, why? It's a oh, I know you're, I know you're talking yeah. about, too. Yeah. He goes, it's wrinkly. I was like, Actually, oh, I think you made, you, I think you you made think this suit. I care. I'm like, look, I look phenomenal in yeah. this suit. It's all back. It's wrinkle the back. I'm like, bro, don't fucking touch it. Literally made me take my he jacket off. He made my off. suit, the one I'm He right made now. me take my jacket off so he can iron it, fix it. I was like, bro, I don't care. Please, let's just take it. Bring it to me in 10 minutes. It's a little different. It's a ref- he feels like it's a reflection of his business. Yeah, yeah. And his yeah but it was just like, 
I didn't even notice what he did. He's like, you see that? I was like, bro, I don't see it. Just take it. I don't. Know. I want no part of this. <laughs> if you felt um, good, they should be yeah, happy. Exactly. Ricky's the least picky guy too. He knows, like, he's yeah. like the embodiment. Of, like, who gives a shit? I got shit. some suits. You want to buy them? <laughs> Dude, I'm trying to unload suits too. I'm like, I sell these on. So, off we can finish on this. This is the last one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta come. Over, you gotta come by one day. And see, like I fucking like compared to where it was, I cleared so much stuff out. Even suits, I look it up, pull it off the thing. I'm like, do I wear this anymore? Do I like it? It's gonna be joy. Yeah. But I'm the opposite. I pull suit off. I'm, I haven't worn this in a while. Get Maybe it out of here. Get week. it out of here. But I so when it was like the peak of the lockdown, I went through my closet and I like picked stuff up and I took pictures of it, posted on Facebook or Kijiji. I have shoes that I've bought that like I bought like the Harry Rosen outlet, which I yeah. thought I was getting a deal because they're designer. Never wore them. Yeah. I like they had the stickers on them still from like five years ago, and like they're fairly pricey. I was trying to sell them for anything. I'm like, give me a hundred, give me fifty bucks. I don't care. Just take them. I don't want to give them away because then I feel like I'm like you got cheated. You're a bit of an idiot. Yeah. You know, come on, George. You should have known cheated. better. I should have known better. At least if I can make some money back, I'll buy coffees and stuff with it, whatever. Um, the only thing I've done now is like on New Year's Day, if I'm not extremely hungover, and if it is, I do it on the second, is yeah. turn, I turn the uh, hangers the, the other way around. Okay. So typically, that? like you'd put your hanger in this way, right? The easiest yeah. way to get in. I turn it all the other way around. And then if I've not turned it around by the next year, I haven't worn it for a year. Ooh, and then I'm damn. like, oh, I, haven't, I haven't used that for a year. That's smart. Trying to get rid of it, right? Like seasonality. See, no, I'm yeah. I'm the worst. I'm the opposite. If I haven't worn it in a year, I'm like, ooh, ooh I like coming this. Back I'm going to wear this. coming back into I, fashion. I have two outfits for St. Patty's Day. There's only one St. Patty's Day a year. So you know that outfit doesn't get worn for two years. Yeah. I still keep them. Yeah. Like I see an outfit, I'm like, ooh, I haven't worn this. Okay, where can I wear this? Ooh, I haven't invented six months. Yeah, I'm gonna keep this. I hate that. Yeah. Mine's like gone, gone. So I've got get rid three of closets though, so it kind of helps me, right? Like one yeah, here. One that's nine. that's the worst part. I have. You have nine. Nine. You have nine closets. Nine closets. How do you have nine closets. Wait, nine closet. in, in the con- in your condo? Yeah, like oh, the I whole. Was, I don't know. Much bigger oh. is your condo than mine? Yeah, the whole the <laughs> this whole. Guy's got like the whole floor. The whole second bedroom is wrapped oh. in closets. Yours is a two. Yeah. No, so yeah. mine's a one and like a den that I, I was seeing more like when I built when house, I renovated mine. You gotta come over and see it. Florida, I ex- that's my three closets. <laughs> I actually extended my closet because mine was like the washroom and the closet are like right there's a small closet. And I was like, well, this is kind of tiny. So now you have to like walk through the closet to get in. Yeah. And uh, it's like it's the right when I was like single living there, I was like perfect because I had everything. Now yeah. I got like back all her stuffs there. Yeah. I'm actually. It's actually a blessing because like she needs more space, so I'm like perfect. I can get rid of more shit. Now I have a reason to. I can get rid of. You rent some closets for me. We can do that, bro. If you tell me that, I'm gonna start bringing stuff. I'm gonna just get more. That the no, problem was. Becca can have more. I asked true, her for true. things, and just she's like, oh, it's at least. My yeah. House. Well, see, that's the thing though. Is like the 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 like Ricky said, he had three. That's kind of where I was because we had a cottage. I have the condo, and then we have a plate. My, my family house in Greece. So anything that is like kind of yeah. like I live in a village. So yeah. again, kids wear one T-shirt a whole summer. I'm like, I can go and take like. My old teachers bring them there. So I would every summer ship a few things down. My parents, they keep them there. So I have a whole closet there. Yeah. So now if I travel there, I don't have to bring anything. But then I have my closet. Then I had the cottage closet. And then when we got rid of the cottage, consolidated all this stuff, I got to my condo, like uh, my closet at the condo. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, it gave me like anxiety. Like there was so much stuff. Packed it all up, went to Plato's closet, sold a bunch of whatever. Plug. Yep. Plato's clothes are actually plugs today. If you, I don't know if you guys know this. If you want to sell clothes, <laughs> no, what this what? Who cares? Wait, go to Plato's closet. You put in a hamper. You bring it there. They they rummage through it. Make 50, 60, 100 bucks each time yeah, you go. Plato's it's not bad. Anyways. It breaks my heart though, because like that 50, 60 bucks was like five grand. Yeah, yeah like oh fuck. for sure. Oh, no, I'm I'm like, pace yeah, like, <laughs> he's a five hundred. I'm still getting twenty bucks. He said the other boss shirt. Yeah, bro. These jeans I paid twenty bucks. I bring the players' closet. I'm still getting ten. Like I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> You're all right. Yeah, actually, probably get decent money for that. 
Well, she went pretty long. This, oh, this was good. Is a good Dana, one. what are we at? 133. This is the oh, longest we've done in a long time. Yeah. yeah. Really? This no, actually Lee, felt yeah, like Lee, the shortest great. one. We were saying, as you were as you went to the bathroom, you're a great public speaker. Like, your thoughts are well formulated. You don't just talk to just to talk and hear your voice. Great speaker. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Very this, good, for man. me, was one of the nerve-wracking things I've done this year. This? Yeah, because yeah, bro, it's you have just, to take this outfit. Hello. Yeah, no, then like then it was like, what am I gonna say, right? <laughs> well, you well, asked me too, you and that's why I said you, but seat. like, yeah, no, look, I wanted to do it. Honestly, I really did because it's it's a it's complete different territory for me. One I've always wanted to get into this space. It's always been my goal. Mm-hmm. In fact, I probably have more podcast equipment than you guys have ten times. You think come I've on. ever press record on anything? Never. It's just, dude, I gotta I'm come so see your place. Like, you, you have closets yeah, and podcasts equipment. What the hell is this? Like, like four units in one. Eh? Yeah. So I've Walmart. always wanted to do it. Second, All that, but no TV. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no TV. Man. It's got six I, I, mics, I mean, no TV. <laughs> YouTube and closets. Uh, so yeah, ne- I've always wanted to do it. Never. And then second, I'm always on the other side of the mic in the work environment, right? Um, and then three, I'd never spoken. I've really ever, rarely ever speak outside of my work context. So most of the conversation I ever have is in like, to some Walmart degree, a scripted Walmart corporate, that, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, communication. You got to kind of navigate, like you got to yeah. be within the box. Exactly, right? I actually had a few people that were like, well, do you really want to do this one? Like, is this kind of where you're going? I'm like, yeah, like it's going to push me outside of what I've normally done. Yeah, yeah. And I would just want to get better at having conversations. It is. Well, here we are talking yeah. about ironing clothes, man. Yeah. yeah. So clearly, I failed miserably. Yeah. People are like, yeah. Yeah. this guy is the head of technology guy. Yeah. What is ironing? What did no. you take away from the pot? Great ironer. But man, <laughs> yeah, honestly, you know what? This comes. This brings it like full circle because we started this stuff like as a hobby. We did it because we want to hear like the side of a guest that like yeah. people don't hear about. Like I bet you most, well, I don't know, maybe they will, but I'm sure a lot of people don't know that you love to iron all that stuff, you know? Like <laughs> bro, his boys back home are like, nah, bro, we already knew that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, he so, works like, in technology. Like, we didn't know that. This is the lead That's we the know. the only from, thing they know me for. <laughs> this is the lead that we know from back home. But uh, one of the things too that I think that's taught us a lot, at least I can speak for myself, but I think both of us, is it does make you a better speaker because you become a little more, not uh, self-conscious about what you're saying, but you become more conscious of what you're saying. Yep. And I, I notice myself, I talk like a mile a minute. My brain's not even always caught up when I'm talking, even still. But I notice that I'm I now outside of podcast settings, I try to talk more with like a point in mind and like really reel it in when I'm losing yep. my train of thought and just try to be more deliberate and like uh, deliberate and not say as much like and uh and all that stuff. Um, but just be more, uh, as he says, I'm uh, saying all uh, like 10 times. And now, damn, this hot seat no, got me today. George, you know what? It, it, I think what you, one of the things you wanted to say to is even being a better listener. Sometimes yeah. in like Q and A's, it's okay. Question, answer, question. You're not really thinking about what you're saying. Well, in this case, it's, it's not question and answer. We have to say, okay, here's the, here's the theme. Here's the topic. We're talking about this, but I can't just relate back to my notes and say, okay, yeah. Oh, great answer. Here's the next question. It's like, yeah. okay. You talked about this. Then George goes, and even the episodes that we do solo, like I've done a couple solo, George done a couple solo. It's different because it's like you have no one else to rely on. There's not like, fuck, I got nothing to say. George, speak. Say something. There's a lot of times when we look at each other, we're like, hey, come on. Pick up the weight. And and, 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 we're good like that. We know when someone doesn't have something to say because the other one, we'll look at each other and the other one chimes in and we're great. But then when you're solo, you're like, hey, I really need to listen to make sure that I'm engaging and thinking about the next. Ooh. That's not, shouldn't have been on. It's okay. But yeah, that's the idea. It's like it makes you a better conversationalist. And and yeah, conversationalist, I think. That's a word. I think. It is now. (laughs) Fuck it. I'm I'm taking it away. Think about this episode. We started talking about venture, blue labs, venture labs, Uh and ended up on ironing and closets (laughs) and like 
to like it's not A to B. We weren't planning on coming out talking about that. Like when you asked me no. what we're gonna talk about, we were gonna ask you about your trip, which we didn't touch on at all. Absolutely but you know, like they just get to work day. Yeah, we surprise. It just goes on these tangents and you know, some people find it like, oh, that's not what I thought I was going to get out of it. Others are like, that's so, that's cool because it's different. It just takes, yeah, it follows. Yeah, own. I think the one, the one, it just flows. The one thing that I think for me was, is cool is, I, honestly, I don't feel any different than the 15 year old shelf sacker that started for, with Walmart 16 years ago. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't feel any different. Yeah, I think I've grown and I've learned a lot, but I still feel like that same person. But what happens is now I have a really fancy title in front of my name that says head of innovation for the world's largest company. And so what that means is a lot of the conversations you get into is actually not for Lee J as a person, it's for Lee J as the head of innovation. And what I loved about this is my title actually was not the conversation. Yeah, we started there, of course, but actually it's not what it's about. And to your point of how do you actually show who you are as a person versus who I am as a title. As a title is very different. And often most of my world is defined by who I am as a title, not who I am as a person. And you very rarely do you get to show who you truly are as a person because people see you as the title. Yeah. And it's amazing how much of my life and world is driven by who I am as a title, not as who, who I am as a person. I'll go to certain events and, and people try and treat you a certain way. I'm like, I'll make my own coffee. I can carry my own bag. Not, and, I, and the only reason you're getting that treatment, rightly or wrongly, and I'm not complaining about it, is not because of who I am as a person, it's because of my title. And I try and, in my work, try and stop that. It happened once, I remember going um, on the private plane for the first time ever, and this is a guy that grew up Probably in good. government housing. Like, I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? Who is this guy, right? The guy's like, I'll carry your bag to the plane. I'm like, no, you won't. <laughs> I'll carry my own bag. Like, there's never a day that I hope that I get to a point where I can't carry my own bag to the plane because for me, it's like, I don't care how fancy the title becomes and how serious the role becomes. For me, there's just certain morals that I've, that have been bred into me as a kid that I would just never want to get let go of. So for me, that what's been cool is just trying to, I've been me as much as I have ever been able to be in this kind of environment for probably over a decade. I have a question. No, I was going to say, Golf. fuck, is, if your question's not good, I want to wrap it up on that because that defines this podcast perfectly. It's about who you are as a person, not about what you do and what makes you the, whatever your title is. It's about who you are as a person and getting to know you. And you talk about that. It's like what we try and do on this podcast is about seeing who people really are and sharing stories and sharing why they do what they do, not what they are. Yep. Because Penny Alexiak, yeah, we know she's the greatest Canadian Olympian of all time, but She's scared of sharks. She loves to eat salt and vinegar chips. Or we got Donovan Bailey, who is the not like arguably the most famous Canadian Olympian of all time, who is a huge Raptor fan and travels to Jamaica all the time. Like we want to see who people actually are and what they are about. Like what are what's their passion? What things that drive them? What are their hobbies? What are things that they're good at outside of their <laughs> career? Like fucking ironing is not something I thought we were talking. But again, it's those little things. So the George, question that I want to ask this is because you know like. Well, I, I really commend you for like what you said. Like I I, I do great, appreciate man. that. And and what's interesting, and like I like to think that I like I told you, like I ask people like where they're from and so forth. But I venture to guess, like, it's it's true. And I didn't think about this. Like, imagine like the first day I met you as my neighbor, you said, Yeah, hey, I'm like the head of technology at this. Like I might have looked at you differently. Mm -hmm. I don't think so, but I like to think I wouldn't have, but you just never know, right? It's like, oh, Oh, I've cast. Maybe he can help out in some way, rather than saying, "Hey, let me get to know this guy." Because it took us a while. Like we, you know, we'd see each other passing yeah. in the hallway, and then sure enough, like 
we started hitting it off off like boxing and and whatever. And then I you know found out what you did, and I was like, oh great, let's you know shoot the shit sometime and saw um, you know chatted about technology and all that stuff. Um, so I think yeah, I think it's a a really um, I think it's really cool that like you also can appreciate like you know how people look at you, but also you know kind of keep yourself kind of I guess humble is the right word and like just say like you know this is I'm not bigger than all this because I've I've climbed this like made this big climb as someone you said earlier that didn't get a college degree and all these things but one thing on that that same train of thought i want to ask you is do you ever um do you ever get like imposter syndrome where you're like in the position like why is this like why is this me why did i do this or is it like you've always been like very humble worked hard and believe like you know what i'm gonna keep doing it Mm -hmm. um and like i believe i'm the right person to do this that kind of makes sense and i think it's because yeah, does that kind of question yeah, yeah. track? Yeah. Every single day on and every single job I've ever been in. Bro, every outfit he puts on. Yeah. I don't get imposter syndrome on my ironing skills, man. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good You're like, I'm world's Got greatest ironer. Right? I know, I know. Uh, every single position I've ever been in in the 16 years, um, every single time I've been like, I'm not right for this. When are they going to figure me out? Uh, when, it, when are they going to realize I'm not good enough for this role? Every single role that i've ever done i've gone into that and as much as that sometimes can can hold you back a bit and i've i've actually been coached a lot by leaders to say if i could only get you to really believe in who you are and what you could do you would just keep growing and growing so it holds me back sometimes but it does force humility for me there's two things one is having the humility to know that you're not the expert and how can you learn something from every person around you because every business is a people business and and it doesn't matter about me it matters about the people around me and I, you can learn any topic if you're humble enough to be like, I don't know. I'm going to learn from you and you, and I'm going to go and learn from all the other resources available, number one. And two, for me, I think that one of the most underrated things in the world in careers right now is consistency. Uh, there's <clears throat> amazing stats around podcasts that I think only 1% of them make it past four episodes. And after, after that, only 1% make, make it past 20. And the consistency is most important. If I had given up every single time in my career when I wanted to give up, I never would have done it. And you find me another 31-year-old that's been with the company for 16 years in today's day and age. It doesn't happen. No. And unfortunately, like people are always, if you just show up every day, if you show up every day and you're average, it's better, it's better than not showing up some days. And, and so for me, consistency <clears throat> has been more important. Every single role I've been there, I, I'm humble enough to learn and grow and to learn from people. And I show up every single day. And if I'd have quit the times I, was, I thought I wanted to and needed to, I would never have got to this. But every single time I've stuck around for another six months and been like, okay, all this work has to pay off at some point. And, and t- at times when you're like, it's not going to, it's taking too long. You work for the biggest company in the world. Things sometimes can be slower than you expect. Six months later, I'm like, okay, it was worth the wait. So consistency is so underrated. Well, compounds, right? Yeah. Like it's 100%. like, yeah. And and you're phenomenal. And the idea of that, you're thinking, oh, this isn't going to pay off. I'm not good enough. This isn't going to pay off. I'm not good enough. You like subconsciously, you're stepping stones every single time. You're, yep. You know, hey, this might not pay off. I'm going to work. Short. Oh, me. Then you jump that step. Fuck, am I really good enough for this? Hey, this isn't going to pay off. And you're just constantly just moving up. But the last point to summarize why I asked that question. Yep. Because I kind of, I like, I thought it was going to may- maybe lead to there. That brings it back to the point we talked about the university. Do you need it? Or is, and, and, and back to the schooling aspect of why, what, what do kids need to instill if they don't have a mentor? And I think like a lot of people can turn to someone like yourself. And, and I think people sh- like younger people sh- should look like to people like you, right? Because some people are told, again, 
I was told I wasn't going to go to university. They wanted to put me in college. I cried. I went home, freaked out. Thought I wasn't going to go to university. Whatever. Ended up going, but that's not how I got here. But you know, you get discouraged along the way, and there's a million obstacles. Even as a kid, like you're told, you can't do this. You can't be that. You should go here. You should do this. That's right. That's wrong. And a lot of them don't realize that you just like, as you stay consistent, you know, you ask the right questions. You're willing yeah. to learn. Be open-minded. Be naive. Be full of wonder. All these things, like you can get to anywhere you really want to get to. Um, yeah. And well, the reason I asked the post syndrome is like a lot of young people also should learn that most fuck most people don't know what the fuck they're doing. No. They're figuring out every day. I was born to clean. Be, be, I'm still fucking just figuring do it something out. every day. Yeah, and just, just keep going back. No matter what it is, be the best at it. Like, yeah, yeah. even show up. My mom. The only thing. So I was raised by a single. You gotta be an ironer. Mom. Be the best fucking ironer. <laughs> be the, in the best squad. one, right? The only question my mom ever asked was, "Does it make you happy?" And to this day, that's the only question she'll ask me. Oh, cool. I'm like, Mom, I got promoted. I'm the youngest ever store manager, director, senior director in Walmart, Walmart's history. Biggest company in the world. I'm hitting like milestone after milestone. And none of it's like, you're awesome. She's like, doesn't make it. And, and when someone asks you that question, when you're at your peak and you're like buzzing on adrenaline, and they're like, hey, did that make you happy? Man, they're sombering because you're like, well, does it? Does it actually make you happy? Yeah. And I'd say, honestly, truthfully, the at least in my work, we could talk for hours about everything outside of my work. The work that I do is, I get up every day. I think I said to you, I love what I do. I have the, the best job in retail, in my mind. And it makes me happy. And I get up, and many, very few people can do that. Very few people can get up every day and go, I absolutely love, I can't wait to get to work. I love what I do. I can do that. And, I'm, and it's a privilege. But when someone asks you that question, every single time you're on a high or you feel like you're crushing it, that's sombering. My mom's never pushed me for careers, for money, nothing. The only question she says is, does it make you happy? And if you ask yourself that question through school, through your career, I think you'll lead to a different path. I don't think that's what school asks you. I don't think, because if it did, I, I would have been in music, I would have been in arts, but it didn't. There were social pressures, there were schooling pressures that pushed me into a certain path, men, sports, business, right? I would love to have done music and arts, which at the time was kind of frowned upon or was like, you know, you, you're not masculine enough to get into, into you know, sports. So you have to go into arts or dance or like whatever it is, music, yeah, yeah. right? So anyway, I think that's the question that I've always asked is like, will this decision with everything I know at this moment in time make me happy? And that's the only decision you should make it on. Well, we, we, yeah, we, we need to end that because even on that, we could go for hours and George knows. <laughs> Rick loves a sentimental ending. He's got a concert to go to. He's got a concert to go to. Yeah, like, yeah, I got like, even what he said too, like, I'm not, we'll, we'll talk off air. Um, Lee, thank you for coming in. Yeah, uh, it's honestly amazing. We'll, Danny, get him booked in again in six months because uh, we could have easily gone for three hours here. No questions asked. Like, we're just rolling right now. We said we were so. wrapping up at one thirty. We're now at one forty-eight. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> he's one of the pals. Good. Lee, appreciate you coming in. Um, I guess people want to learn more about you, what you're doing, all of the head of innovation. Want to ask about incubators, all that yep. stuff. Where can they go? How can they find you? LinkedIn. It's the only channel I'm really on. Really? Yep. yep. Same. Yep. The only channel I'm on. You're on YouTube too. Yeah. Oh yeah, YouTube, YouTube. Yeah. I deleted yeah. everything. Um, I use what's LinkedIn's your, what's my go-to. Uh, so it'll be it'll just be Lee J's J E Y E S. All Said right. like the Blue Jays, but like spelled. J -E -Y -E -S. Oh, I never knew to say. I didn't know you say pronounced. Yeah, there we go. Jays. Jays. Yeah. E right. Easier than you think, right? Love it, Jens. Thanks for having. Did me. you uh, did you scooter in here? Or did you drive? No, I drove today. Oh, yeah, okay. So. I was gonna drove. say I would have driven <laughs> you back, but <laughs> all right, next time. Anyways, pals, appreciate uh. you guys listening. Give Lee a follow, and other than that, stay tuned for the next week's episode. Cheers.